listeners, since we just hit record, uh, Brian and I were setting up, we were shooting the shit, uh-huh. when I opened my Twitter and saw that hashtag Albuquerque was trending, so of course I had to click, and not only, and I guess it's like for like normal reasons, it's just being mentioned a lot, because yesterday, a January 6th defendant was sentenced to 90 months in jail, and his name is... Albuquerque Cosper Head. Okay. That's wow. That's, that's inc- a fake name. That's definitely a fake real- name. Like his parents did not name him that. Those were none of those words are in the Bible. Albuquerque Head? I mean Well, I mean I don't know about you. Albuquerque Head. That's such a Yeah, now I'm really putting it together. Okay, now watch. I just I uh yeah. Mm. hmm Oh, he's one of the dudes who actually assaulted the cop at January oh, 6th. The famous guy with the last name. The famous F. cop, yeah. The fam- uh, yeah. That guy. The guy with all the mm. tattoos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean Albuquerque head. I love New Mexico and all. I love him love it very much, but if I had to guess, that all that all sits up. I mean it all strings together. Man named Albuquerque. Wait, is he? He's not actually from Albuquerque, though. I don't think so. Okay. It appears he just happens to be named that. Maybe his parents really like Bugs Bunny cartoons, or something. The only place, the only way I ever knew the word Albuquerque before I probably showed up there one day. Sorry, I may have just hit a cloud too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some uh, low low elevation today, low ceiling. Uh, it's the friendly skies. We're flying the friendly skies. No, I also have like because like the weather is changing. I definitely have some weird sinus. Yeah, I used to. Going on. I used to get sinus infections every once in a while when I was up there, and I never had them before in my life, and I haven't had them since coming back. So I assume it's somehow related. Mm. I also used to smoke a lot of cigarettes, though. So I don't know if that's related. Um, I've actually stopped smoking cigs in the last couple of months. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, I'd offer you congratulations if that's what you're desiring here. If, cool. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I think it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe this is a good time for our listeners to get to know a little bit more about us and our personal selves. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, like, uh, let me see. I think, like, up through college, grad school, I smoked... Very recreationally, cigarettes, mm-hmm. I mean. Like, it was like, oh, well, I'm, like, at the bar, so, of course, I'm going to get a pack. And the pack would then last. I'd smoke, like, half of it that night, and then the rest of it would last me for the rest of the month or something. You yeah. know, that was, like, my MO. And um, then in the pandemic, I really, like, it was just, I felt so stressed, yeah. and we're going anywhere, right? So, like, you, like, I have, like, a lot of, like, nervous energy, but, like, I go on a lot of walks. Um, I always like to get my steps in, right? Like right. I'll park, like like even if I have to drive somewhere, right? Like I'll park down the street, literally just so that I can walk a little bit more, right? I like that. Um, so that's who I am, right? Like what I do, and so like, uh, but during the pandemic, all that nervous energy, I think, really just smoking came back like a vengeance. Like, and then I was smoking like two packs a week, which anybody who like knows me is actually, that's quite a bit actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, when the pandemic hit, I um, was probably smoking <laughs> a pack and a little more than a pack a day. So, so I, I don't know how I just came. I mean, literally, it was just one day I was like, well, I can't buy any more cigarettes. I like told myself in my head, and that's all it took. Um, and luckily, I didn't have any friends at the time who were hanging around me smoking because that would have made it a little more difficult. But man, it, it, um, that was always what kept me from stopping in the past. Anytime I tr- tried to stop before, was like, well, people around me are smoking, and and then the the all that armor, that mental armor you build up, kind of just breaks down. So, yeah, at least it did for me. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, once the, like, pandemic started to, like, ease, I definitely was, I say ease, because, like, it didn't really ease, I think it just, like, we acclimated, is, I think, the word, right? Like, we got used to living under that stress. Yes. Um, Yeah, and I was smoking around my parents, even, which, um, they have no problem with that, ultimately, most of their friends seem to smoke, but um, it it was, uh, I'd never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that was, like, assigned to myself i saw later i was like damn i'm really like in it now i'm, I'm really having to smoke like a lot yeah yeah to, to keep up with no i mean actually age. yeah like actually that's another sign for me that i was like whoa i really am smoking a lot which was um so when i used to teach because i used to be a school teacher for about 10 years um i was basically straight edge the entire time i didn't smoke weed i didn't i very rarely drank when i was uh uh, drinked. Drinked. <laughs> very, very, very drinked. Drinked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So like I was like, and I didn't smoke. And part of it was kind of the same thing. Like I, I didn't want to go to school and kind of smell of those things. Yeah. Because you do, you do. You like do. you just and, it's your clothes, and, and you can pretend it doesn't, but it totally does. Right. My, my so, house definitely smells like weed. There's no doubt that yeah. anyone who enters my home is like, oh, you have a lot of and smoke a lot of weed. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Again, why I vape. It's because I can't. I just the smell. I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, no. I, I stopped using the bong. So that's one step. But that's all I can do. And then I roll. The I mean, flour. I definitely have mine in storage. Right. But okay. I haven't got I ha- I'm not getting rid of it. You know, <laughs> like I'm going to need it again. It's uh, it's sitting over there. I can see it. Yeah, exactly. Like. So mine um, is actually in my, it's like, I have this, like, I have this paraphernalia box. I hope the cops aren't listening. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and I just keep all the shit that I don't usually use in there, right? So, like, um, and also, like, the sentimental ones, like, oh, there's, like, a piece that I don't use anymore, but, like, here, I had it, I don't know for yeah, fucking how long. So I'm not going to get rid of it. Wraps from, so, whenever, yeah, exactly. With like two fucking zigzags left, you're exactly. not gonna use them. No, it's fine. We have better ways of weed, but like. But it's every just, time you, you open know, the box, it's there for you. Like a totem. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then, then you know they're they're sentimental. Like I have roach clips in there, which yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I remember where I got this. Like we used it here, and I was with so and so, right? Like the yeah. whole. It's just you know, it's like its own little shrine of drug use, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's funny. I have that, and I haven't even opened it since. I mean, it, coming back here and looking in, I'm like, oh, those are those things, and then I put it back away. Like I have doubles and triples of everything in there anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I mean, and I feel like, I mean, definitely, I mean, certainly because it's legal here in New Mexico, recreationalist. Right. Like you could literally just go in anywhere and get it um yeah i say anywhere dispensaries are everywhere at this point there there's not a single corner of new mexico that doesn't have it and apparently um 
uh, cities down in southern New Mexico are also doing very rigorous business because they're right next to Texas. God damn it. Oh, so shit. Um, I, I, there was a there was like a report. I don't remember it too recently. I read it some time ago that it was like talking about the uh, the, 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 the uh, profits in regions of New Mexico around cannabis, and, like tax revenue and shit like that. And they were kind of seeing like. Huh. Who's winning the weed race in by county in New Mexico? And I also I should find it. It was very, you know, it, was, it wasn't that cute. It was, but to me, it's fascinating. I'm not right? gonna narc anyone out, but my friends uh, who didn't have medical cards back in the day, this would be five six years ago, um, before rec was a thing. I mean, everyone was going to Pagosa Springs in Colorado, so it was like the same thing. And I imagine that's you know, I just got a card. I was like, wait a minute, you can just get a card and buy it here. Then why? Yeah, I, you can why just would get I a ever card. drive to? Why would I ever drive to? Colorado. Why would I ever risk that? Yeah. Yeah, or like uh, have the legal issue. At very, you know. Yeah. Like I never had any. I mean, you know, and then I mean, and quite honestly, like this is a real hippie town. So if you yeah. really don't know anyone who doesn't grow their own, like that's like a you problem. You know, like yeah. I feel like I've, again, not, no names on their ends, <laughs> right? But I feel like I've known plenty of folks, plenty actually, even some that I've never ever gotten shit from. They just have, oh look. You, cute it's right next to the tomatoes right? <laughs> i love that because it is like whatever like well they're they just uh california just authorized sales at farmers markets which maybe you saw um see and i forgot but like like i think in new mexico i think per house it's like 12 plants is legal it's, it's like some fucking it's ridiculous number six it's at least six. yeah it's at least that it's like a ridiculous amount yeah. like it's like more than anyone could ever need it's like you know like I think what it was was six clones and then six like full vegetating plants or whatever. It was just crazy. That's so much weed. For... But it's so much. Yeah. It's so much. Like <laughs> like even like even to someone like me who like fucking I could like fucking like put you could it could rain weed like in that <laughs> Simpsons episode where it rains a donut. <laughs> right? Like And I'm still like, wow, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> I'm a... I'm, anyway, please don't move to New Mexico, everyone who's listening. It's it's, no. it's getting it's, it's, Brian, welcome back. Thank but you. Like, I'm you allowed know, to come just, back because I lived there for five yeah, years. No, I voted for our mayor. Okay, thank you. I just wanted, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you said that. There was a there was a, a thought in the back of my head is like, what if Kathy doesn't actually want me to come back? Because I know it's ruining our economy. But I've been there before. I lived there. No, I mean, see, like, so so this this is actually why I like. I have a, I have a lot of problems with how we talk about gentrification and displacement too, um, because of us being forced to move. Right. Right. Like like like. Um, I feel like I was forced to move from Los Angeles. Like I I, I feel I mean I, I sure needed some time away, and I, I think I was sick of the city. But I think part of it was because staying in the city would have meant that I had to have a lifestyle that I didn't want to have. Right. Um, maybe more hustle and grind, maybe a little bit more like Instagrammy or something. I don't want any of that shit, you know? So, um, yeah. but also like the reality of like the commute and like, I don't know, I guess I was just really getting tired of it, I guess, but I still don't feel like I had a choice in moving. I feel like I was forced to leave. Uh, that affordability was just something wow. out of reach. Right. Um, that even as a school teacher, right with a, a union school teacher right with great benefits and all that like it was still like nah i feel like this is too much of a grind like and that wasn't you know i mean i uh, admittedly i also was pretty pro grind i mean i was 
I was also like in the union and shit, right? right? So like I was pretty active in all that stuff. But that aside, like still, it was like I don't think I want to do all that. I need to like breathe. I need to like be able to go for a walk. I need, you know, whatever. So, yeah. and so like just thinking of like I-, I felt like that was like a forced decision. I still made a decision to come here to Santa Fe, right? Yeah. Um, but like there's there's now climate emergencies in a way that weren't there in 2015 which was when i moved i moved in i I moved at that time but now like i feel like the climate shit like not just like the hurricanes and things but like the floods in africa and like there's like all kinds of weird fires all over the world too like i mean that happened last year right yeah like it was like like you know yeah like it's just the shit's getting out of hand we see that right so yeah it's no longer every once in a while you see a hurricane blow through florida and you're like well that's the weather news for the year or something like that that's what it used to be and you know just being a tiny part of it like we were used to that and that's even for us here that's how we felt we're like well (laughs) i always felt like well if climate change when i was you know younger not that i was ever a climate change denier or something but let's say when i was a skeptic or too young to understand who was (laughs) telling me the truth or not I always figured like, oh, if climate change, you know, is really happening in the way that they describe it as like, we'll be seeing it like every, you know, every other month or something like that. And, you know, I mean, the truth is now we are just. Yeah. 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 Um, It's funny growing up like that. Uh, You know, my dad believes in all the stuff now. He just he's extra skeptical about, you know, anyone in government saying anything. But then he has his friends who were, you know, ex-government or current government employees who will tell him something and then takes that to the bank. Which I can't uh, blame him because these are people who had access and information, but uh, it's just, you know, it's his version of reality and I have my closer version of reality and we agree to disagree, I guess. Oh my gosh, the box! What's in the box? Oh, yes! What's in the box? Kathy, so I figured, I figured, um, I figured uh, yesterday I got a package in the mail, a package that I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's also how I know that Kathy is now actually a human being and not a robot or a a deep fake or something like that, which is nice. You never know. You never know. You know, my brain, it's okay. Even if you were, I'd happily count you among my friends now. So, and that wouldn't that be even more incredible. And thankfully I documented the entire thing as well. Okay. Just for that, I'm choosing a new virtual background. Yes. (laughs) Kathy is in the net. (laughs) She's surrounded by, uh, what I'm looking at is semi opaque tubes. (laughs) Look like glue yeah, sticks. I don't know. It's some art installation somewhere. <laughs> I just thought it was so cool and so funny. So uh, I'll just say, as an aside, uh, I, I did some data work, and I I once used this as a Zoom background for some data shit I was doing, and I was like, yeah, I'm stuck inside this bar graph, and like nobody <laughs> laughed, and I was so sad. Is there? Um, I'm trying to like visualize what's going on in that art back there now too, like. Is there something floating in tubes or? Wow. Let me see, because I have the I have the. Whenever I save an image Ooh, like this, I save it by. Time, you know? Anyway, let me see. I'll bet I can find it. Okay, so everyone at home, you can't see the box or my hands or my hands going into the box, so I should probably use my words here. But I'm pulling out some treats that look like things I can never get my hands on. It's very exciting. Oh, number one here. Look at oh yes. yes. Did I just see that? I did. Okay, moving the microphone. First of all, uh, you're going to have to listen to me put one of these in my mouth, which is a, uh, a classic Charms blow pop. And everyone at home, oh, yeah. 
you're just gonna have to put up with it because this is exciting. I got this in the mail from Kathy. Technically, this is an interactive uh, segment. This is great. So, I got Fantastic. this in the mail. I'm looking at here. I'm removing a little bit of packing. I'm seeing some chili onion peanuts. Those are going in my mouth after the sweets out of my mouth. That'll be great. I see. There's a lot of Trader Joe's food I see in this there. Is great. This is some beef jerky, which is awesome. Oh, coffee almond. This is awesome now, because this is all stuff I would never just, buy for myself. To, just to also underscore it, that means I had to brave the Trader Joe's parking lot. So, namaste. <laughs> Kathy, I used to go that because my pharmacy is there. Uh, the pharmaca there. Used yeah. To uh, and let me tell you, that parking lot. Let's say, if you're going to pick up what I would consider to be like psychiatric medication on a regular basis... That's like the very worst place you could ever go to pick it up. Because if you're already like kind of a stressed out person and you have to go there like let's say once a month. <laughs> yeah, like it's the worst. It was the very, I would literally go and park in front of that subway there and eat a sandwich at the subway just to like calm down before I would like walk across the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awful. <laughs> and the Whole Foods one is worse. I'm always describing it as the only place to see like the best white on white crime. <laughs> Oh my god. It is amazing. I love to see it, but I have to like stand back. It's like seeing like lions go at it. Like I'm just like, ooh. Oh, this is <laughs> What's that lady I'll in the freezer? Ah yes, there's a USB stick in there. And I'm looking at a uh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean continue, continue. Yeah. I'm looking at a uh, a beige polo. This is really cool. That's the one that Dave left here yes. from from the. It is. Uh, My, so, I mean, I've been meaning to send all kinds of shit to you. So this <laughs> is great. I just, I, I just, I'm I'm very absent-minded. I'm more absent-minded. Yeah. I think that I think it surprises people sometimes that I'm as absent-minded as I am because I seem very on top of my shit. <laughs> if I ever seem well, no, I will say it did surprise me a little bit. But then I I figured if we get along. Um, so well, then it probably means we're similar in, in a number of ways. And I figured that was probably one of the ways we're similar. We're like, oh, yeah, if I promise I'm going to get something to you, I'm going to get it to you. You'll get it. <laughs> Don't ask too many questions about the in-between, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I can't guarantee time, space, and all of that shit, but it will happen. This is great. And this is from uh, Alcon 2019. <laughs> yeah. So I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing a polo. Which I'll wear open, because that's my style. Everyone at home, you can't ever see me. But if I'm going to wear something, it's going to be a V-neck. This is very rare to have like a, a neck like this. Only because <laughs> of the long sleeve, and it's from an internet person. Um, for everyone at home, I'm wearing a, a Frog Video Hellraiser shirt, which you've seen me wear now on television. How about that? So uh, hats off to, uh, was what's her name? Phoebe. Phoebe. It's like the graphic artist from Australia who like makes stuff. I don't know. She has a podcast. I've never actually listened to it. No idea. No idea. Northern New York's number one newspaper, the Watertown Daily Times. Now, this is a fucking, this is some drip. I will be wearing this yeah. out. I'll be wearing this to the dispensary. This will be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. This is, this is good. Yeah. I debated it, honestly. I, honestly, Kathy, I, I, I know so why. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got a real cap fan. I'll never show you my. Um... I am a cap fan, actually. I, I don't, I, I don't wear it indoors because, you know, I, I have manners, but uh, I, I do have a variety of caps. Oh, this is uh, great. I, maybe I'll wear one. <laughs> oh, wow. And this is even some, some uh, like a sticker from our friends uh, 
maple sugar business here. This is awesome. Yeah. It is very cool. I'm inspecting all the things in here, everyone. See, this is kind of like you getting a package at home. You don't even know what I'm looking at until I name it. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. This is going to be great it's for awesome. me. I love wearing, maybe you, well, no, I guess we haven't discussed this yet, but I'm into a thing of now, like, well, you're into it, too, because you had that uh, DEF CON, or the, um, the, the defense, the, uh, that mug. Oh, yeah, week. my, my Los Alamos operational security mug. I love having, like, the objects of out of place, like, the things that belong to something else, but, yeah, that's great. No, I'm always on the lookout for mugs of secretive government agencies here in Santa Fe. Um, like I want, like, and I see ones for like Raytheon and shit like that too. They're terrifying to me, but like, they're always like those like kind of like uh, Office Depot coffee mug screen print type of deals where like they're like kind of low quality. So even though it's like. Ooh, it's got Raytheon on the side. That's funny to me. <laughs> Do you think there's Raytheon employees at the lab? Um, they must, they must, they must come through, right? Because, it, like, I, I guess the way I kind of think about it is like Raytheon is basically a vendor, right? So it's like the snap-on tool guy coming through the fucking mechanic area, right? Like. Right. He's just like, hey, you're like the drug company guys <laughs> do, giving Prozac notepads to the fucking doctor's offices, right? Like, it's I feel like it's the same shit, except in a much stranger, bizarre, again, post-capitalist, whatever the fuck thing we're in, in right now. Yeah. No, <laughs> this I... fucking series of glass tubes or whatever. <laughs> that is where we are. I'm inside that tube right now. Hmm. So, into the what would you just uh what 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 would you into the perspective rear per, into the horizon into the well, horizon if we're moving into the forward and we're also moving yeah. into the unknown simultaneously the horizon is both forward in all directions and unknown i mean it's awful i don't like it anyway so reality how's it going for you yeah so reality is going pretty good <laughs> i'd say um we had a pot roast last night Nice, nice. I made a pot roast last night. I'm sorry to everyone at home for sucking on the sucker here. I made a pot roast last night. It was delicious. Have a little bit left. Might make sandwiches with it tonight for dinner. Um, nice, nice. Love a sandwich. Yeah, love, a, love a dinner sandwich myself. Yeah, a dinner sandwich is... Like I love a lunch burrito. So I'd say reality uh, between last week and the week before and this week, doing much better, um, honestly. Uh, doing, doing much better, I'd say. Um... Now that I'm having some sugar in my system, I'm feeling much better. This is great. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, wait till you get Let's your see. fucking little paws into those fucking Trader Joe's snacks. What's it? What's it? Uh, what's? Let's see. What's of note? Well, first I'll just list off all the things I've seen real quick, and then we'll we'll try to we'll try to withhold discussion. I finished the Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> thing. Mm. I watched. Uh, finished it. I finished it. It was hard to finish. It was hard to finish. Yeah, it was. I, I, episode six, the one where there was silence in the club, when he, uh, our, um, which was the hardest one. It was definitely the hardest point to watch. That's why I stopped watching it. The reason I stopped watching it at the at the point I did was because it was while the power was still out, and it was just too spooky for me, as the saying goes. Oh, that is creepy. Oh I couldn't God, couldn't watch it, and I, it was just the silence and everything, and I could hear like generators still outside, like over the silence. It was just too much. But for anyone who doesn't know, there's an episode of the show 
about halfway in that is mostly edited with silence to depict the experience of someone who is uh, without hearing. And it is quite, it was for me, quite an emotional ride. Um, couldn't handle it at the time. But came coming back to it, I was able to finish up the show. And I thought it was a really well-made show for the most part. I loved Evan Peters specifically. His performance was very strong. Um, the father's performance was very strong. The whole, the way that it was sold... It tried to be a couple different things at once, which I think is really weird. It tried to be like a sexy killer drama, but it also tried to be like, a, like a fighting for the identities or the rights of people with certain identities and stuff. Which it also was. I don't know how it tried to. I don't know why it tried to be both of those at the same time. It should have probably picked one lane or something, and probably should have picked the lane of like more from the you know the the deaf. Uh, man's perspective i would say if the story would have been better told from niecy nash's perspective more and from the perspective of that kid and had more of his time and his interactions with Jeff jeffrey dahmer and detailed it gone into more depth or i don't know built a i mean you can't really rebuild it you just have to make it up but maybe that's what didn't do that anyway we can come back around to that but um let's see i also watched um Oh, complete uh, gear shift. I watched uh, Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde 2. Oh, nice. Nice. Excellent. I really enjoyed uh, 1, especially. I thought it was was really fun, quick yeah. film. Yeah. Really enjoyed the pace of it. It never had a moment. Um, and 2, uh, you have the, the, the Alabama senator. I'm an Alabama senator. I'm extremely conservative, and my dog is gay. It was like one of the weirdest, wildest moments I've ever experienced in a film. Love that. That was just very creative. And apparently there is. I looked it up since everyone at home is now wondering. It's been a while since one of those came out. Yes, you're correct. Next year, a new Legally Blonde is coming out where I imagine she may run for president as is, you know, uh, or run for office as is, you know, kind of alluded to in the end of two, perhaps. That's just my guess. Wow. Who knows? Wow, that's a great update. Great update. Yeah. So uh, Elle Woods is back. Is with that's the exciting. Post, the posters, that's exciting to me. The posters will say. Um, what else did I watch? I watched the first six episodes of the new Unsolved Mysteries, which ends up, Ooh. uh, mm-hmm. or well, I watched two, two, and then I guess there's nine out now. I've watched eight of them. I haven't watched the, the ninth. I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched, uh, the first three, I think. Cause the, there was a, the second one was the UFO one. Yes. And then the, there was a third one that was like a murder mystery. And then the eighth one is also a UFO one. And the eighth one is really interesting because it's about it's about um, these Navajo rangers who okay. are telling their stories about all the things they've seen. Like they hover skinwalkers and UFOs. It's pretty cool. I I really um, it's mostly from their perspective, and I think the recreations they do in the episode are actually really good. They're very oh, that's very exciting. Very cool very exciting. recreations. Can't wait. Um, I found it very interesting. And then there, I don't know. I think the next one's like a murder again. Um, but the one before that was about like a mob hit in Las Vegas under very suspicious circumstances. And that was a total gear shift for that show as well. I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Buffalo. Nice. Gym. Yeah. And then nice. uh, let's see That's what exciting. else. Can't wait to finish them. I'm definitely going to ask you what you've seen and what's been going on in your life at the end of this, Kathy. I'm just yeah, yeah, watched yeah, yeah, so yeah. much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. God. No, you've been, you've needed to catch up. Yeah. I've been out of the loop. I wrapped up some shows. There was another show that I had like hanging on a little bit of it. I'm watching a, Oh, there's, there's a part two of the vow, the Nixium, 
the Hulu or no the HBO oh. Max the HBO mm-hmm. documentary. So there's a new episode week by week, and I I just started watching it again from the beginning because I couldn't remember. I had stopped in episode five maybe. Excellent documentary. Oh, New Mexico connection. Yeah. Um, the one of their publicists, one of the Nexium publicists. He was like in their marketing or some shit like that department. After the whole, uh, he was involved kind of late. Let me see if I can find his name. I always I. Uh, I always want to call him Jens Lechman, but that's like the musical artist. But he had a fucking name like that. It was like, <laughs> I love it. And he uh, he worked at the Santa Fe New Mexican. He was a reporter for the for the paper. That fits so well. And I was that like, so and well. I remember one day reading the paper and going, "Wait, I know that name from where?" <laughs> that's crazy because you read it in a bunch of bylines, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was wild. Anyway. Thinking of okay, the person's so name though. Right. I'm imagining their name is Lynn Zeckman or whatever. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually search my tweets for it because I'm sure that I mentioned it. <laughs> because I can't actually remember his name. I can remember I can only remember his name as I would always erroneously say it. <laughs> I've turned up the gain for everyone at home. You'll notice this. Kathy will not notice this. Kathy could already hear me. Um Am I spelling Nexium wrong? N V X I M? Is that how they spell? No, N X I V M. Okay, there we go. N X I V M. Oh, Jens Eric Gould. Here it is. It's in my. <laughs> that really is. In my fucking. It's in my fucking search history. Wow. Is it not in here? Oh, it's not even mentioned in his fucking. Oh wow, he's has he um, purged some online? Maybe. Let me see. I would just come up with a new name if I was that person. Ah. I mean, uh, just in general, the name is enough. Yeah. No. So here is a here is a Daily Beast article that mentions his name. Ooh. Yeah. It, but it's not in his Wikipedia. I wonder if I should add it to it. Oh, I think you just uh, gave us our first class project, Kathy. Well, <laughs> let, so me get on, let me get online. Let me get online, and I'll back up your claims. He reported for media outlets, including the New York Times, NPR, Bloomberg News, and Time. Um, and then, in a very generic sentence, he has also worked as a musician and video producer. Because I think he was a producer for Nexium. Oh, ah. I um, wonder okay. if... So the HBO doc, for anyone at home who hasn't seen it, the HBO doc is made with... Oh, he's with, in that one. Oh. Yeah. It's made with footage from this director who made What the Bleep, or What the Bleep Happened, or whatever. He made two of those movies. He's like a weird dude. That movie is weird. But this guy, he gave all his footage to the director who ended up making this documentary, which so we, I guess we should give him some credit for basically making himself look like a tremendous asshole. Um, uh, but it, I, I imagine if they're making a part two, it's probably with someone else's footage or an, an additional line of uh, investigation. I'm clicking mm. on your link. Clicking on your link. Let's I'm DMing see. you some things, just apropos of nothing. Okay, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. 
Ooh. Yep. Okay. We'll 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 come back on this one. So I also watched. Um... Oh, you're really enjoying this uh, this this lollipop, everyone at home. Um, I also watched uh, the first hour of Cobra. I still haven't finished it because you know what? Um, it's 90 minutes and it's amazing. And one hour in, I was like, wow, this is one of the best like weird action movies I've ever seen. And I'm just saving it for later because that's just how I live my life. Um, funny story is I actually received a DVD of that movie from a website that I once contributed something to and I never watched it. <laughs> And it's been uh, it's been Andrew Law's like uh, icon for all these years, and I wasn't even sure what that was until now. The main thing to take away from from Cobra is that Sylvester Stallone's in it, and he's fighting crime, and he says the term uh, "crime is the disease and I'm the cure." But then by the end of the movie, he's like, "Oh, uh, it's more than that. It's more complicated than that." And also, he uh, cuts his pizza with scissors, and that's very important to remember. Yes, because that's a pro move. He likes to cut off the, the, the forward triangle. If you were going to... I'm going to do a little geography for you. If you uh, No, I think... I, I actually geometry? personally believe that the kitchen shear is a very underrated utensil. Yeah, and I should have more pairs of them so that when one's dirty from, like, tape from a box that I uh, can be tempted See, to that, use it for that's food. Fucking, that's fucking genius brain take right there, right? Food like, kitchen shears in small box brain, Small brain using fork and knife to eat pizza. Brain two using a cutter thingy. Oh, he was reporting on Meow Wolf and all kinds of stuff in here. Oh, he was, mm-hmm. he was, he was in touch with, okay. The, all the way to the top. So I'm just going to go back here a little bit. And we'll come back to that one because that deserves further research and debate. So <laughs> as I as I try to recall the more of the things that my brain consumed, uh, besides uh, a Rings of Power episode one I watched, it didn't seem that bad. It seemed fine. Um, oh, Ka- my gosh. Kathy, so what- many... So many crazy things are happening yeah. in the world, Brian. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal with that. Like, uh, I mean, I can. I guess I'm. I'm just kind of disassociating. I guess, like I usually do. Well, that's that's what but... we both do. But that's that's that works for us. What um, the weed is for. <laughs> yeah, it is what the weed is for. It helps you, uh, hit hit the. Well, you know, you uh, the best. I would say, uh, the best thing to do is hit that hypnagogic state when you're watching something like reality television, or your true crime documentaries. Then hit the weed. Then you're in somewhere else, and all you're thinking about is just the story. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Not the things you brought into when you're turning the story on. That's my method. <laughs> or play play NBA 2K. How about this? This is also my new method as well. Play NBA. Play your sports game. Get really into it, and then uh, then get high. Then you'll be fine. Once again, same thing. Hypnagogic state first, then THC. This is your recommendation. This is <laughs> this is your doctor speaking. I just kind of microdose it the whole way, the whole day hey. through. I, just, I use it to kind of just even out. Okay. I feel like really just kind of, it's also very rare for me to like really hit it hard. Just... If, if I do, it's an accident. <laughs> um, so what's been going on? What have you been watching? What have you been seeing? Um, so it's spooky season. Okay. So we've been watching a lot of spooky movies um, and things of that sort. Spooky X-Files episodes and like my favorite of the classic Unsolved Mysteries, some of the newer ones. We also watched, we we watched the the, the UFO one together. Yeah, that's really good. Um, 
That was very compelling evidence from uh, from uh, an air traffic controller for anyone at home. It was very, very mm-hmm. fascinating. But we watched, like, they live. So I've, I've, I've just been on, like, a spooky... Like, I've been on a spooky kick lately. So it's been a lot of... Uh, so we watched They Live. Uh, I watched Pet Cemetery. Um, oh, They Live. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, we watched uh, Barbarian. That new one. Yeah. What was what's the what's that the word one on was that? Pretty good. I liked yeah. it. I liked it. It was um, it, it it was kind of interesting all around. Also talked about gentrification, which I thought was interesting. Um, Have you seen the North? Yeah, the really scary things. You know. <laughs> Have you seen the Northman? That like. Uh-uh. Okay, I haven't seen that yet either. That's something I'm interested. It's another. It's another. Um, I'm going to put that on the list then. And then a bit of a Stephen King kick. So we watched um, The Shining, Misery, Children of the Corn. Mm, I forgot that. Pet Cemetery. Um, and another one. Uh, Cujo? Oh, no, we, we put The Dead Zone on the list because that oh. one has Christopher Walken. So we wanted to kind of start getting deep into the fucking uh, depths of Stephen King. I so love that I you're going deep. Yeah, Firestarter. Did you with like Drew Barrymore? And there's another yeah. one with Drew Barrymore, the Cat's Eye one. So, um, digging deep. Yeah, he was he involved in the screenplays of any of those? I know sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, they've just been kind of like as we've been like browsing and things. I feel like spooky season. I've been really focused on getting my costume straight, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, I think I've mentioned I'm going to be the roadrunner. Yeah. So we've been developing a variety of. Uh, I've been actually because I'm. I, this is what I do on Halloween. I'm. I'm very into the fucking holiday. I will not apologize for it. I always make a costume. Um, last year I was the Virgin Mary in a tortilla. <laughs> I love that. Sick. It was sick. Yeah. Um, that's, 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 that's some good effort. That's like a real yeah. costume. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, and so this year for uh, Roadrunner, I'm really just using old clothes that I got, like I had in my closets. But like the really fun part has been developing the props. Um, so I made an anvil. I've made some TNT. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh my God! I have to show you this. Okay. Yes, please. Um, so at our um, there is a local grocer here called um, Baisano's Market. Okay. Um, and uh, at the, they just opened a new location over on Airport Road. Okay. And what's really important about this is that they have this like re- expanded section for like cleaning products. And to be clear, there's like you know there's a very Mexican oriented store. And uh, so they have all kinds of shit that you wouldn't really see in American grocery stores and things like that, like actual whisk brooms, for example. Uh-huh. But they had a they had a fly swatter. But when I tell you that they had a fly swatter, you're not ready. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I love this. It is a fly swatter the entire oh size my of my head. Ah, this is amazing. This is perfect. And so we went ahead and wrote the words Acme and on it. Very good lettering, might I add. It looks so, uh, very, like, uh, printed. That's very good. This is perfect. Will be 
around with this. Yeah, no, it's pretty sick. And so um, we haven't used it on anything yet, but this this gets to be literally the funniest prop I have ever seen in my life. I um, love that. I would just keep that in the background of your Zoom calls in the future when you're done with the Halloween, because it's just funny to have that in the background. <laughs> no, it really is. Like I, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's just been so much fun. It's oh, that's great. So I'm very happy. Um, yeah, let me see. I'm very happy for you about that. Oh, let me add Gazoo. <laughs> oh, I watched uh, The Watcher, that Netflix series. It's eight episodes. Oh, now you're now you're really in New Mexico. That's that New Mexico style, hmm. or New Santa Fe style. The Great, the great Gazoo Zoom background. So, <laughs> I think I mentioned. If anyone ever mentions that Gazoo is in the corner, I'm gonna be like, "What are you talking?" About? We're um, <laughs> and we're. Uh, let's see. That's actually who we're uh, talking to. That's that's our audience there. That represents our audience. <laughs> who are they? Who knows? Are they really where there? Are they? I keep looking at the geographic information for where people are coming from. A couple in Canada. There's definitely one person in Australia. I still don't know exactly who that is, but there's a neat. consistent listen from Australia. Um, it's very neat. There's um, there's some. Uh, there's just like no one from Florida, so it's just me. All the all I can tell the Florida people are just me. Maybe, maybe my dad's being lumped in there. I highly doubt it anymore. Um, to our listeners, I want you to know we really appreciate you. Yes, holler. we do. I I, I know we, we probably big fan of y'all too. Exactly. We know you're you're all existing in a reality as well. I'm creating a. And I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we we together create this podcast, which I would love to listen to. Like if I, I, I that's why I create this is I would love to listen to two people do a much looser. Oh yeah, dude, that's about almost nothing. And uh, it's just two people that are kind of talking about, you know, some things that are familiar to them. I don't know. I would love that. Especially if we contained a bunch of very specific information about Santa Fe and I wasn't from there. That would be super interesting to me. I would love hearing about all that stuff. Um, I mean, I'll say this, right? Like, uh, right now that everyone is is, is um, very concerned that Twitter is going to fall apart. Yes. Right? Like... Yes. Um, which you know, like it, it's going to because as all, as all online spaces must for some fucking reason they must come to an end, right? We can't have nice things. That's just not a thing that's possible on the internet, yes. and right? This, and this it's man a, in his stupid sink on the cover of the Wall Street Journal yesterday—that's why. That's yeah, Elon see, that's with the sink. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. It's not even a joke. It's not even funny. It doesn't even—it's no. barely wordplay, and he had to like go. What, have one of his, like, engineers, like, remove a sink from somewhere so that he could walk back through the front door with it? It's could... it's so, like, keep calm and chive on, yeah. fucking ha-ha. Like, like to what tone deaf humor for about? a bunch of people who don't understand what they're, yeah. So, so here's, here's ultimately my take on it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the internet, of course, is a fluid thing, and much like being cool, um... The uncool people show up to everything way too late. Yes. We can we can pick any any internet forum at random from the something awful forums to fark.com to Tumblr yeah. to GeoCities even to to uh, the fucking BBS boards and shit like that. Any of those. Um 
they all had an expiration date on them somehow. Um, not just because of the general obsolescence of technology. Um, it's esotericness that I think also creates some of that. Um, yes. yes. And its accessibility will always undermine it, right? Because the more people you let in, the, the, the harder it becomes to manage. That's just democracy. Yeah. That's just reality, right? Like, and, and to think low tax went from making the site free to charging 10 bucks too. Like, right. And people still came in droves until 2008-ish. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and uh, and and I think about that. Like, I, I, I think about how instead of whatever the fuck Facebook became, if they had just charged me a monthly fee like Hulu to not fuck with the UI at all and let it be exactly what it was, which was a way to talk to my friends, then I would have happily paid that amount. And I think lots of people would have. And uh, it's true. But yeah, that's the 10 bucks concept, right? Somehow that keeps people acting right. It's like paying dues, I guess. But yes, because, yeah, I mean, for people who don't know about the context of something awful forms, you had to pay ten dollars. And the, the, the idea was, let's say you ever got banned like people get, you know, or, or temporarily suspended from Twitter or whatever. There's a system of that and something awful as well. It's called probating. But let's say you got banned from Twitter because you said something, you know, probably trying to get yourself banned or you knew it was probably going to get you banned most of the cases, especially after the probate system got involved. Mm -hmm. But I would say this. Let's say after you knew you did something like that, you could just buy, you could pay Twitter 10 bucks to get your app back and start posting again. Mm -hmm. That would change, I think, a lot of how Twitter works. I don't know if you could ever institute that. Um, but I mean, it would change a lot of things. It would change, especially at the very basement level for people who are only like have 150 followers or 50 followers or only interacting with a hundred and hundred people or so. I think that would keep a lot of, because what you do is you start to value the collection of words that have been attached Mm -hmm. to the name for all that time, you know, like, uh, it's really, it's like a book. I've always said this. I've said this, I used to say this a lot more on Twitter, but Twitter, your Twitter account is like a book that you're just writing really long over time. At some point, I ripped out the first like from 2008 or whatever until 20, early 2016. I just ripped that all out. I saw uh, Matt Christman actually. I saw him make a post or not even a post. It was an automatic post by tweet delete. And I was like, fuck, if Matt Christman's going to go back and delete all his shit before 20, you know, the, the election cycle here, then I'm going to go ahead and just fucking delete everything too because I'm sure that I don't remember things that I said, but I'm sure that I said things in the past that I wasn't like, wouldn't be proud of now. And that's mm-hmm. just honestly how I was thinking about it. I didn't know what those would be, um, but mm-hmm. I figured, you know, whatever. Nobody cares about my history and what I've been posting on this. Right. Now, now today, I see it quite a bit differently. But at the time, that's how I was thinking. Um, today, I would have just, you know, I don't know, recognized that I was... a different person different times or whatever but i don't know ultimately i don't think i had anything to be ashamed of but i was like thinking in the mindset of digital permanence like i will from this point forward take care to keep in mind everything i say online yeah and this is a new era for me is basically what i was Mm -hmm. thinking at that very moment so if you want to go back and see when i started thinking like that and just go back and see whenever my very first tweet is even though i had my account was registered in 2008 Mm -hmm. my first tweets Mm -hmm. from 2016 and that's why Mm -hmm. no i mean i feel like uh but that like uh, ephemerality of the internet like like so like we'll just we'll literally go somewhere else like it probably won't be mastodon (laughs) no it will not be mastodon and it won't be hellsite.net who i know i've seen people 
there won't be it won't be anything really it won't be everyone how about this 20 well i think the other thing how many people are dying to get online now right like 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 whatever like it might be tiktok or something but like like whatever it is that we had like it's gone like uh and if if you want to become internet famous then you're on tiktok and none of us are yeah. i don't think anyone listening to this is and and that's yeah. really I mean, but like that's not what we want. No, right? we don't like, want that. We don't want that either. All we're trying to do is keep in contact with our dipshit friends. Yes, like because because that's also what the internet has done is created friends that only exist online. Yes. And I don't just mean that in like only exist online. They're they're just their avatar. But I mean, I know that I have friends. Yes. That I know IRL. Right. Yes. We spent all kinds of time together, but these days. We work, we have our own lives. And so yeah. literally the only way we communicate with each other is either through Twitter, through texting, through email, through some digital means that is definitely not us getting together to get drinks or to yeah. go out for coffee or even to go for a walk, right? Like that can only happen in such a hyper-local way right now. I mean, my my friends are everywhere. Yeah, my, my strongest... It's cool, but like... That means the digital is the real. Exactly. When I communicate with my friend in Denver, am I, um, I've known him probably the longest of all the friends I still keep in contact with. And, you know, he has a kid and I know that he doesn't have a lot of time to talk to me or whatever, but I know that when he's on Twitter, like that's the time that we can like hang out and chat. And that's the only time that we ever really communicate anymore. I mean, cause we both have totally different lives and physically different places so i mean that's time zones even that's right so like i know that i could like send somebody an at and if they're on the other side of the world they may not see it until tomorrow morning that's fine right whatever yeah that's that's okay it's still waiting for them much like an email is or, or a letter or a box right like yeah uh, and there's nothing i love more than waking up and looking at my mentions and seeing a bunch of people like said something to me or mentioned me in a conversation even now i have a whole thread to like look down or something that's great i love that i mean i'm okay with passive communication also the way that we communicate with people that we know and the different comfort levels we have with them and we each individually choose how often we contact those people depending on our comfort level and perceived closeness with those people and it's like um i don't know there's something Oh, there's definitely the word parasocial relationship that exists in there somewhere. But I also don't believe I don't look at that word the same way that other people do. And I believe that that word is used more often than is necessary or applied to more situations. I think what the, a lot of that is people wishing that they had relationships with people and then using that word to um, be like, hey, you don't really have that friendship with that person. It's like, well, you don't fucking know anything about what I do, or who, who I talk to or, you know. I mean, virtually every conversation I have on Twitter has been in the public, in the open. The only time I've ever really had DMs with people is when I've been working on projects with them or then after that. Other than that, like, um, there's no, I don't know. Yeah. I don't use it to communicate like, hey, friend, what's up? Unless it's in the open public or we already have a much closer relationship. You know. um, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me read you this, Kathy. I think, this okay. is, I think this is a little bit um, on topic, perhaps, since we're talking about Gen Z folks. Now toting AARP cards, Gen Z. Young consumers join the group for the discounts. This actually directly ties into what we were just talking about, now that I think about it. 
This is by Veronica Dager. This is yesterday's Wall Street Journal. Some people dread receiving their AAP card in the mail. These young people can't wait. A rite of passage for those 50 and older, an AARP membership is drawing younger folks determined to get discounts to cope with inflation. They shamelessly flash, flash their cards at restaurants, often confusing the waitstaff and amazing and embarrassing their friends and family. Marissa Schwartz, 28, couldn't believe it when she saw a TikTok of someone in his 30s saying young people could join AARP to score deals. She went to AARP's website, realized it was legit, and paid $63 for a five-year membership. Recently, Dr. Schwartz, who has a doctor in philosophical literature, dined with a friend at Bonefish Grill, which is a regional chain that we actually have here, where children can draw on the paper tablecloths. Being kids at heart, they requested crayons. After spending part of dinner coloring and laughing, she handed her AAP card to an amused and shocked waitress as she requested the check. Quote, I can guarantee you she Googled whether young people could join AARP after leaving the table, said Dr. Schwartz, who lives in Morganville, New Jersey. She has since inspired her parents, Sherry Schwartz, 59, and Leon Schwartz, 61, to sign up. Our daughter is an old soul, Mr. Schwartz said. I can already uh, hear the ideas you have in your head. Don't worry, they're going to answer them. She now has the card to prove it. Full AARP membership, which includes discounts on items such as prescription eyewear and services such as food delivery, is available to people 50 and older for $12 a year with an automatic renewal. Anyone 13 and older can join online and receive many of the same deals. It's never too early to sign up, as the AARP website itself states. An AARP spokeswoman said the organization is seeing a definite uptick in younger members, but won't share specific member demographic data. AARP said it has nearly 38 million members. Chris Hemmeyer started going gray in his 30s, so getting his AAP card felt appropriate, he said. Mr. Hemmeyer, 45, and a member for about two years, sees his... Wait, he waited... Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's a normal age to get it if you're already graying and you're 43. Whatever. Uh, 45 and a member for about two years sees his AAP card as a badge of honor. A play-by-play -play radio and television announcer, who's obviously a friend of the writer, <laughs> goes because they go unnamed, who lives in Lillington, North Carolina, he especially enjoys... Oh, Mr. Hemmeyer. Listen, if you're a play-by-play -play radio announcer, you don't get to be the everyman on the street anymore. I don't think so. Should, should, should a play-by-play -play announcer be included as, like, doctor, nurse, lawyer, um, fast food worker, as, like, everyman on the street? Play-by-play? -play? No. Okay, because they're a public figure and they talk to the public, right? Or what's your thoughts? No, because it feels like it. It, it feels like, I mean, mm. it doesn't say what sport even. But I imagine. I baseball. mean, I feel like I. I feel it's like saying rock star. Yeah. It's like so few people are that. Like, am I supposed to relate to that? Is that like? Yeah. Is that like Joe the plumber? Yeah. Uh, is, play is that fucking I... Aloysius the <laughs> fucking play-by-play -play caller? What the fuck are you talking? It's just such a random person to just like, <laughs> how do you just go like, oh, this is every man in the street. I'm going to call it my friend, the play-by-play -play baseball announcer to see his opinion on it, whether or not we're getting AAP <laughs> cards early or late or at the right time. Tinker Taylor. <laughs> a AARP administrator. <laughs> Yes. Right? Like that's, that's the order. Play-by-play like yeah. play caller. 
play-by-play caller sits in between Tinker and Taylor, I think. The butcher, the butcher, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick, candlestick maker. maker, the candlestick right. maker. When we get to well, candlestick, that's what I was see, trying to say when I actually said it's okay. Tinker Taylor. Whatever. It's because we got that movie shoved in our our brain as well on top of the book, so then <laughs> we could never day, forget Jesus. it. You know, maybe I should join AARP. Well, I think we're well. <laughs> as it turns out, as it turns out, fucking mind they're giving us instructions right now. They're saying the savings have come to somewhat of a social cost. When he told his wife, Jesse, um, they keep putting his last name in here so many times, he joined AARP. She rolled her eyes. I'm glad. <laughs> Upon renewing his membership recently, he got her a special gift. Without her knowing, I signed up my sweet 37-year-old wife. <laughs> I love this man. My sweet 37-year-old wife. Ms. Haymeyer, a third-grade teacher, laughed when her membership information came in the mail. I don't carry the card with me, she <laughs> said. She's like, listen, I'll put up with your antics, but I'm not actually carrying the card or pulling it out at any any store. I don't carry the card with me. Roger Ma, a 40-year-old financial planner, also not an everyday man on the street in Vienna, Virginia, said saving money has become cool amongst the younger thanks to, in part, the popularity of the financial independence retire early or fire movement, which I'd never heard of which discourages people from paying full freight for goods and services. Hold on. Full freight? What is that even? You mean, is that just like a cutoff name for like... Like retail? Not, I don't... Not retail, retail price? Like I only fucking go to the Nordstrom rack, never the Nordstrom. Is that what that means? I think that's I what that's that. saying. So how... So, uh, but it's like a lifestyle? We you should... We should go, we need to... I feel like this is... This is like... Okay. I'm about to say the word TikTok. This sounds like very privileged. What or no? These are the temporarily embarrassed millionaires. These are the people who mm -hmm. are actually a lot broker than they fucking want to accept that they are. Yes. And it's like, no, it's not a lifestyle. That is your economic class, and you're trying to fucking ah yes. Fucking Instagram influence your way out of shit wages like like that i just saw yesterday you know, a post just actually got a shop at the nordstrom rack it's okay it's like, okay i just saw the the yeah i just saw a post yesterday where someone was uh pointing out this weird post that someone else had made about uh how i just want to live you know forget the city or urban life i just want to live poor in the country with the person i love and it's like poor in the country is like they're it's an aesthetic in their mind it's not like a real thing to them it doesn't mean anything they're like sit, thinking of sitting on like a front porch swing or something like it's it's a fictional you want to live idea. on government cheese in the country girl go right ahead yeah, but like, what i mean i guess if you go the fuck out there you have to give up your whatever fake job it is you have in the city or something right like it's required if you want to join the fire lifestyle the financial independence right? retire early lifestyle no 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 <clears throat> Sydney Phillips, 23, was recently out to dinner with her 76-year-old grandfather, Gary Phillips. <laughs> it's important to the article that we know both their names. When they were finished, the entrepreneurs both pulled out their AARP cards to get 10% off each of their meals. Mrs. Phillips said the waiter shot her a strange look, but gave her the discount. You have to be brave enough to ask about it. Show it and prepare for the double take, said Ms. Phillips. Zach Abel... That's funny. I've actually known someone with that name, but not 42, said he uses his AARP card to get discounts on British Airways flights and save $10 a month on his AT&T wireless bill. After Mr. Abel, an actor and travel blogger, once again, not a man on the street, posted a TikTok in July 2021. Uh, 2021st. That's the year. 
about how younger people could join AARP. The organization said about 150,000 new members signed up. So the TikTok thing led to 150,000 new signups. And you may be asking, what's the deal on that? I'm about to answer you because this article went and did the, the dirt. Joanne Jenkins, AARP's chief executive, messaged him on TikTok after seeing the video. And this year he signed a social media contract with AARP to create sponsored posts for the organization. Yes, I'm going to continue. Most of my friends who mocked me are now members, said Mr. Abel, who lives in Atlanta and now works for AARP. Higher prices were the main reason Kira Burba, this is a real name, by the way, K-I-R-A-B-U-R-B-A, love it, 25, joined AARP this fall. The teacher who lives in Arlington, Virginia, drives to work every day and was looking for a way to save on gas. Sarah McMahon's parents waited until they were 55 to join AARP. She, on the other hand, thought it would be funny to sign up at 29. Once again, I don't like that word being used. I know this from the perspective of that person, not the writer, but that's crazy. That I mean, that's the impression that they got. That's fucked up. It's, it's not, funny it's not, to be old. It's funny to be old and perhaps slightly impoverished. And if you know the history of AARP all the way back to the beginning... You know, it's kind of grim and dire circumstances of the creation mm -hmm. of, like, a man living in a chicken coop and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Ms. McMahon has used her membership to book a rental car in Utah. That $80 in savings more than paid for her $12 joining fee, she said. While she enjoys receiving the AARP magazine included with her membership, she admits it had taken a while to get used to some of the products, such as how medical alert necklaces now being mar are marketed to her. They're definitely meant for an older crowd. As it turns out, they're just meant for people who live alone and have medical issues. Yes, that's also correct. Like, I would, I don't replace my smoke alarm batteries unless someone's here with me. Not because I don't trust myself. It's because I don't trust gravity. And I live alone. Yeah. Like, it would still be like, let me see. I'm not, mm, I mean, yeah, like I have a, Tyler's supposed to come over later. Let's pretend that wasn't the case. I mean, we still live separately. Yeah. Um, I'm not due at work until, like, tomorrow morning. Right. So it would be a few hours even after that before people would start to get worried. At first, they'd probably be like, she slept in. She's making coffee. She'll be here in any moment. Yeah. Because that's, that's realistic, and especially in Santa Fe. And I don't know. Like, I'm... Not trying to be all like paranoid, but I've been, again, I've been watching a lot of scary movies and kind of thinking a lot about, you know, I mentioned my go box, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's not even that. Like, uh, so we had our first fireplace experience of the season because it's awesome. snowed here this week. It snowed here this week. No shit. Yeah, awesome. not a lot, but it the snow did fall and hit the ground. I love that. And I, it was That's great. Awesome. The flurries, so the flurries yesterday. Oh, and now begins the snow season until like May or June, as it kind of turns out. I love that. Oh, so it's so exciting. special. I'm so excited. That's so, uh, my. That's the thing I miss the most is the fun kind of random weather nature. It's oh, it's exciting. Very exciting. But I was like, I'm not starting a fire until I go get a fire extinguisher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, it has to be there by code. Your your uh, whoever owns wherever you live should have given it to you anyway. It's supposed to be there when you move in. I mean, I think it. I think I may have one under the sink okay. in the. I actually don't know. That's actually a good point. They mm -hmm. may. They wouldn't let me move in until I went out and purchased a fire bucket and fire extinguisher and put it next to the thing, and then they were like, "Okay, now you can move in." They they compensated me for it, but they're like, "Hey, you need to have this yeah. before we can give you the key." So. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I mean, and I myself wouldn't do it anyway. Like, it's just that <laughs> safety 
first mentality. Like, yeah. I want to live. Like, I mean, like, like it's a fucking cesspool, right? Yeah. Life is a fucking pigsty. That is absolutely a fact. Yet, <laughs> I can't wait to live a very, very long time. Cannot exactly. wait. I love it too. I love I, years and years of fireplace ex- and having an extinguisher handy. Oh, can't wait. It's so exciting. I'm very happy. It's a it's a fun thing to experience. And I'm glad you're getting to experience it. I miss it. There's no. I mean, I have a fireplace, obviously, but there's there's no reason to um to use it. I currently have a full stand up mirror in front of it to kind of pretend it's not there. So, um, in the conversation pit, nonetheless, the thing that saved my <gasps> home. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should put gas in it. Maybe I could just like if I could just press a button and have a fireplace. Maybe I'd actually use it. But I feel like that's really. Uh, if you live in Florida, it's a little counterproductive. <laughs> To the temperature so situation. for the last five years apparently because yes. i found it i've been saying that we need to radicalize aarp uh, yes so they are also like as an organization an incredibly important lobby they're like you know i'll say like like yeah. league of women voters or you know like people who donate to the fucking spca or whatever it's just like there's for whatever reason just a big block of them right it's like triple a or something right like and that's fine i think i think i'm not really mad about these people joining aarp because it's basically like joining the triple a because you can just join the automobile association and get all those discounts too yes just a bulk purchaser is what you are like it's just a costco membership that, that's all any yeah. of them yeah like I'm not really mad at them. Like I don't feel like they're they're doing anything fucking revolutionary um, by joining AARP. I, I think though there's uh, there's space for that. If we all suddenly fucking join AARP now, then like are we're part of their membership. We're part of their lobbying. And I think that memberships are a big thing of, of in the future. I think as we go forward, memberships. Um... And the acceptance of having memberships or, or it's going to be like a growing trend. I think this TikTok thing, if it's taught me anything, is that realistically, if you if you put the right message in front of enough people at the right time, you can get them to sign up for anything. And I think that um, if you're getting youth to sign up for AARP, something that would traditionally be extremely difficult, and it was mostly pulled off because someone was like, ha do this, and then gets a job out of it. And it's significant enough that AARP saw it to like, give this person a job. It okay. kind of proves that this is real numbers, at least somewhere. Yeah. I, to me, if they're well, like willing yeah, to talk right? about it, it, it increases their membership powers. Yes. They're going to get even better deals out of this yes. now, right? Like, exactly. it's just Groupon. I, again, yes. like, no, I like it. I'm not talking shit, but again, like, they, they've just been also like lobbying for expanded the... Medicare and shit like that, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, it's where do they where do they sit um like who do they do they endorse like a presidential candidate are they that involved or are they more like um an issue you know i don't know that's a good question i feel like it is more issues based because i because like i mean so just even just kind of generally speaking as from a non-profit business they're not allowed to like yeah I, i mean and i don't actually know if they're a non-profit they might consider themselves for profit i don't know the answer and then have like a but I mean, I don't know how that shit works either. You know, like I guess yeah. like Home Depot donate to whoever the fuck they want, right? So I suppose AARP could too. Yeah. Inside it, who knows? Huh. But if they are a nonprofit, um, then they would um, not be able to endorse like bipartisan or part, or they wouldn't be able to like endorse like partisan races. 
like individuals, like governors, and stuff like that. But they could say, um, regardless of who wins, we hope that they expand social security benefits. Yes, they're like, allowed. Yeah. They that's issues based, as it were, right? Yeah, they're save, like... save the whales. Right. Nuke the whales. <laughs> that's a good mission. I want. I want to form a nonprofit for that mission and have a really weird scrawled manifesto and that's it's not even typewritten and that's the thing i submit this is our mission statement um have you seen uh have you seen anything about the watcher on netflix this is something that i think we could actually talk about on the show so this is a new show that came out on netflix i watched it this I popped in my head and remember that i saw this um if you look up there was a movie made called the watcher back in 2016 that's about the same subject it's about a home in i believe i want to say massachusetts perhaps it's connecticut don't actually remember either way it's about a home and a and a, a nice well-to-do kind of neighborhood that is a dream of many to move to and and the person the couple moving into it offers over asking for this is based on a true story by the way <clears throat> which is what makes it so interesting the, the show wouldn't have been nearly as interesting if it wasn't based on a true story um it would have just been kind of a creepy show but man it kept me on edge you have uh naomi watts playing the the kind of sort of the main character and then her husband is played by um <clears throat> i can't remember his name but i just uh bobby cannavale wonderful wonderful actor i loved him in mr robot <clears throat> anyway they try to buy this house. They do buy this house. Uh, kind of sight unseen. They show up. It's the dream house. Um, and he just says, you know, we can barely make this work. The wife loves it. And he scrapes every dollar he can together, cashes out all the retirement stuff, buys this home. And it turns out to be like a real, um, like, a, a large mistake. I would say as soon as they move into the house, they start receiving. They're, they're already t turned off by the neighbors are very strange. They're act, they're treating them very weirdly. Um, I mean, a lot of this is based on perspective, I assume. But um, they're getting a lot of weird treatment from people around. And then eventually in the mail, not too long after they're living there, maybe a couple of weeks later, they receive a letter from someone. Uh, which is important not to reveal the gender because I don't know it. And I think that the story leaves it open in a way where it could have very well been many people. Um, it is never resolved, which is also why the, watching the show is so thrilling. Um, from a person called The Watcher, this letter comes. And they open it up. It is very cryptic. Um, there's copies of it online if you want to see it. <clears throat> I've actually thought about reading it because it's kind of fascinating. Um, but... I don't know if you could find it, but the uh, yeah no, I just found an article on CBS about it. Yeah, it's a tr it's it's fascinating that it's a true story because it involves a lot of different facets. There is a person who lived in the house with them previously who seemed kind of who had a history of believing like Q kind of stuff. It was on the edge of sanity. It seemed even while he lived there, who maybe wanted the house back. Um, there was a person who. Um, it's possible that it was someone else who wanted to move into the house and scare them out. Either way, they received a second letter, and that really, really freaked them out because it started mentioning their kids by uh, by name specifically, if I'm not mistaken, which means that someone had at some point, perhaps through a contractor when they were working in the house, had access to the home, come in, figured out exactly the scenario, the names of all the people living in the house. So at this point, it couldn't just be someone who was just passing by the house, you know. And then there was a third letter, and as it turns out, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil this for you because 
I mean, regardless, it's a true story. You can go read the article yeah. that break. I highly suggest yeah. going and maybe reading an article about it before you watch it because that may actually make the watching of it more exciting because it is, once again, unsolved. There's no answer to know. Mm-hmm. So the third letter they received was actually written by the husband living inside of the house because he had used up every single dime that he had to move into the house and he was feeling very pressured financially about he was feeling pressure from his wife to keep his marriage together to continue finishing uh, the construction and rehabilitation of this home that they bought Mm. but had basically run up against everything except for a little bit of what they had in their savings and was feeling pressured and wanted to honestly besides being creeped out by the letters that arrived first he did everything he needed to do to copy these letters precisely and um, including making up a little bit of like a murder mystery about the past of the house, which was not true. Um, it was based on the true events, but not of like a man who ever lived there in the house. Um, it's quite an interesting story. Uh, it sounds like basically, although he admits to writing the third and fourth letters that were eventually received from the watcher, the first two are unaccounted for and they are not sure. And he's, you know, these people who live there eventually moved out because the, the suspicion of who it was got to them so much. They were so freaked out. They couldn't live there anymore. Mm. Um, and so anyone who lives there now today has to still deal with that, which is funny because also after the show became public, that the address that they use in the show is the real address. And people mm-hmm. started going and visiting this address. And that's the most recent story out there is actually how police from the town who are relevant to the story, the police chief and the, the, the real estate agent who sold them the house are extremely relevant to the story. And they are real people and they know more answers than they're letting on. And they are definitely part of the story so it's funny to have local police perhaps even still directed by the same police chief then cordoning off or cordoning off this uh house which is i mean still the subject of an investigation ultimately it's it's really fascinating if the person if the man who is living in the house originally wrote those letters at the very beginning he'd be facing charges of a crime um having admitted that he wrote the third and fourth letters but not the first two change almost kind of changes nothing but either way he was never investigated for it the fbi did look into it even um because it was such a strange occurrence um as far as i know no further letters have been received um and no proof of letters i mean although supposedly there was a man who had previously received letters who lived at that address um but the only person who was able to confirm that was the man who would have then himself written the fake letters and a man who used to live at that house who could have perhaps even been involved in the scheme to like get him to move back into the house and scare his family out of the house. This is all covered in the show, but um, they leave every door open. No one is ever excused, including the wife who seeming who lived in a motel throughout this entire experience once they started receiving the letters and probably didn't want anything to do with the house anymore but perhaps wanted to save face and perhaps that's also why she wrote the letters it's 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 all very question there's a lot of questions to ask there um the zillow listing is wild I imagine. it doesn't really say anything yeah you know it just says it's off market it doesn't you know and then they no, I mean, they hired this weird. they hired this private investigator who to help them investigate it but she was she not only was she friends with the police chief and was called him and kept like top of mind like gave him a bunch of topa about herself like for the scenario so that when the family would call she would be the first private detective in mind 
Um, it's really wild. And so she died of cancer. And right before she died of she, for a year, six months or whatever, she was investigating this case. And eventually she would pass away. And on her deathbed, she took credit for being the watcher and lied to this man about his family being about this. Basically, she made up the entire she lied about making 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 up the entire case as a bit of amusement for her before she passed away, which further complicates the entire scenario, because now you have someone who's passed away involved in the scenario who could have also been the person writing the letters. Not to mention, they also received they had neighbors who received other letters, which were very bizarre. And that freaked them out. They were from a different situation where a professor was encouraging people to write letters to homes which may have actually kicked this entire thing off in the past it's a whole confusing scenario um anyway it's a fascinating little mystery that's wild yeah and the tv show i will add makes it no more clear than anything you've ever seen because it kind of just adds yeah. to the confusion but it does it does uh, wrap up all the like loose threads and shows you like all the people involved in this like potentially a scam Potentially someone trying to creep someone out to like lower home prices. It could be a lot of things, but um, I mean, the the show kind of sets that up that perhaps it was the real estate agent who sold them the house because she ended up buying and then reselling the house immediately afterwards too because she was too creeped out by the house. And they're saying that perhaps even the the couple, the 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 show itself posits that the reason that the real estate agent who sold it to them and then rebought it from them afterwards, um, that the couple who lived there before creeped her out on purpose so that she couldn't live at the house that she wanted this whole time. And maybe if she wanted it, maybe she didn't, but she bought it as a real, a real estate investment at the very least, which is really weird. Um, People are weird though. People, I mean, like that's even the thing, right? Like there's not to be all like Nathan for you about it, but do you remember the ghost realtor? No, I've, I've never seen that episode. Oh, okay. So there's a Nathan for you episode where, uh, there is a lady who is a real estate agent mm -hmm. and she's, she like, like all of Nathan for you's clients are, uh, how do I get more business? Uh -huh. And he pitches, he pitches to her that, um, all of her houses are like guaranteed ghost free that she brings in a medium uh, and that these spiritual folks or whatever, and um, they they walk through the house and certify, nope, no ghosts here, only good energy. Can we do that as a job? And that, that becomes like her shtick, right? That she could guarantee to people that like, and uh, because the, uh, the, the reasoning goes is that people who believe in ghosts and the supernatural are actually quite a lot, percentage-wise. Yes. And Nathan posits that because people do actually believe in ghosts, and this is a genuine concern for them, that if she could guarantee a ghost-free home, that, that that would be a selling point. It would be like saying it's like a, having a pool. Yeah. No, it is. I get it. I believe that there's enough people out there that would take it seriously. Yeah. But the people that sold me this home, they definitely did. Um, I only say that because she's <laughs> one of the, 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 the wife of the couple who sold me this house. Um, she even left like this note. <sighs> um, 
It's hard to explain. I still have it. It's sitting above my fridge, maybe. One day I'll read it. So have, if you've ever moved in somewhere um, and you've had someone leave you a note, like wishing the best intentions for you in this home and it's like she's writing, manifesting that everything I do will be... Creep me out, honestly. Um, made me think that this lady was like going to live in the attic or something after <laughs> they moved out. Um, very strange. Also, because this wasn't even their house. Like, this was like a vacation house or something for them. Very strange. And they only owned it for like six years. It wasn't like a lifetime thing that they had forever. But she also left a chalkboard. <laughs> and the chalkboard was, and written on the chalkboard was like, I still have it in here. Because it's so strange. It said like, Brian, welcome to your new home. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. And then it just... It didn't have, like, for some reason it had the tone to me of, like, a threat. Like, a thinly veiled threat. Like, I hope you enjoy this house. I hope you take care of it. Because <laughs> if you don't, we're showing back up. We're coming back from Oregon or wherever we moved to. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't like that at all. Well, it turns out they lost, ultimately, because the house has doubled in value since uh, they moved out. But... Um... <laughs> uh let's see congrats no I, I, it's not congrats it means it means that we're in due for another crunch pretty soon because i want to continue living in the home and it means that uh yeah well it means my property taxes will go down it'll be great they don't wake up like one year rude yeah can't claim homestead if you've already homesteaded something before oj simpson is asking elon musk to verify him though none of those words are in the bible <laughs> OJ Simpson asked verification. No, I don't think verification's ever in the Bible, do you think? Probably not. Not like that. It's probably like a Verily like a test. I say unto thee. I know those words are in the Bible. Um yeah, for everyone home and now eating uh, some Trader Joe's delicious Trader Joe's beef jerky. Courtesy of Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Uh so what would you do if you were living in a house that you just moved into as your dream home, the last place you're ever going to live for your, the rest of your life? And you got a letter that says, um, this house requires young blood every 20 to 40 years, and you, this cycle begins anew, and I am the watcher. What would you do? Would you continue living in the house? Would you open it to Airbnb so people could come stay in the haunted house? No, I, you know what I would do? I would, I would like... Like, I'm assuming that the watcher never put a return address, right? No. I'm going to go ahead and just take it. But they were, about they were mailed. The they account. were mailed. They were actually mailed, which is crazy. So I'm going to go, like, if they didn't put a return address, what I'm going to go ahead and say is I would put, like, I would fucking stake a sign. And then I would sit out there. And I would be like, you want to watch? I want uh, the... A good... Square up. So I'd be like, "Come on over. Let's see. Let's, let's see who. Let's see if you're such a badass motherfucker." I would. I think I would do that because I. I think I would call their bluff. Well, because um, I. It's either real or a prank. There was also a suggestion that it was their security person that they hired, who's trying to get close to their daughter. Um, there's a lot of different like things that they were suggesting in the in the show. 
Um, I mean, it, if, if I'm going to go ahead and, like, again, take it at face value that it's not them pranking themselves, yes. essentially, right? That it actually is some weird person sending them this weird letter who's actually watching them, right? Like, that that's what the letters kind of indicated. Yeah, like, the, we're, I'm out here watching you, right? I have yes. all these details of knowledge. I can see the construction crew, right. you know? Um, then I would sit out there. I'd be like... Let's do this, and I, I like. I think I like. Think my side. Like I'd be like one of those weird Trump people who go out there and blames the Dust Bowl on Nancy Pelosi or whatever. What, I would. What if I told you my next door neighbors out there, like for your consideration with my fucking cow? Like I'd be like, nah, come on over, and I, like I'd be like, you have 24 hours. After that, I'm gonna call your ass a fucking pussy. Is what I'm, what I'm gonna do. I don't know that that would work. Maybe it would. Right. I would put up a big sign that says, "Hey, watcher, watch." this and big picture of and some like balls <laughs> yeah exactly balls. That's yeah the... big giant I mean, yeah like just the big balls like just here watch this yeah like... <laughs> some yoga balls sitting out there i'd um, set out like a whole like stack of dvds watch this watch this movie the watcher uh, starring keanu reeves <laughs> from 2001 <laughs> great movie although it does make uh it does make him into a, a sex fiend which is or a sex pest rather which is weird it's like one of the only movies keanu's ever played the bad guy in as far as i can remember you're supposed to think he's a good guy until the end of the movie and then you realize he's the bad guy sorry i spoiled 2001's the watcher for you um let's see i knew i was gonna what else there's a few things other i wanted to mention i know i had some articles here Let's see. There was something on Twitter. Let me open my laptop. I'm never gonna leave Twitter, by the way. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do what I've. I'm gonna do what I've always done with my online presence, which is let it be there until it truly goes under. Right? Like, I think my MySpace profile is still there. I don't. I don't know how to log back into it because I think it's just like it still does music shit. Right? No. <laughs> it does. Man, yeah. That's that's what. Last it's... time I went there. Let me see. The last time I had an account, let's see. Last time I had an account was probably in college. Well, actually, I probably still have one. I guess if they're still technically floating around, I just don't know how to get into it. And it didn't used to be very uniform with my usernames back then either, so I wouldn't know how to, like, even the, my emails. I used to use a bunch of different emails back then, so. Let's see. Can I remember the password to get back into my... <laughs> For users at home, listeners at home, that's how high I am. I just forgot my password to get into my fucking laptop. Is it passcode? It's a the name of a video game with some numbers after it. But all spelled out in a weird way. That's what I'll tell you. And right now I can't remember it. And now, Okay, there we go. So. And now I cannot install the new version of MacOS while I'm doing a podcast. That seems ill-advised. So let me open Twitter real quick, because I know there are some things I definitely want to talk about on there. And if I go into notifications and scroll down, I bet you'll find them. I love that. Wow, that's from 2017. Good work. Called it. Super, I knew it was going to happen. Super called it. Um... Let's see. There were some things we were discussing on Twitter this week that I think deserves discussing here. I know. Must be. Did we send messages back and forth about it? Everyone home, if this is a real exciting time for you, 
Um, I don't know how it could be, but we're here. You can listen to me suck on this lollipop while I look for the article that we sent back and forth. Oh, yes, I remember now. Um, uh, two things we could definitely talk about. Um, one thing being uh, the movie Rust. It seems like uh, ah, it seems yes. like the city of Santa Fe, or at least Santa Fe County, rather, should I say, the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office is mm-hmm. not exactly done writing off Alec Baldwin as right. a subject, which to me is very, very interesting. Even I would say the the if you go down here to this paragraph, I will say. A search warrant affidavit says Rust cast and crew members were inside a church building at the Bonanza Creek Movie Ranch south of Santa Fe for a rehearsal when the assistant director, David Halls, grabbed a prop gun from a rolling cart outside, handed the weapon to Baldwin, and yelled, Cold gun! Indicating it didn't contain live rounds. This is according to an affidavit. So this is probably as close to the truth that we're ever going to get. At least in mm-hmm. this. The sheriff's office, uh, oh, shortly afterward, the affidavit says Hutchins was struck in the chest and Sousa was wounded in the shoulder by the same bullet. The sheriff's office will continue to work with the district attorney's office in support of their review of the case. A sheriff's office spokesperson sent an email Thursday. This just made news yesterday. So mm-hmm. what I would say about this, regard, regardless of anything else, if the case is that the director grabbed the gun from a cart and yelled, cold gun, if that is the truth, of what happens. Mm-hmm. Then Baldwin is probably result, released from a lot of responsibility. However, the film itself, the production, is then responsible for what happened. And the person controlling the production is Alec Baldwin. So, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Alec Baldwin is still responsible for what happened on set. That's my lawyerly... That's how, if I was a prosecutor, I would talk about it. Mm-hmm. At least to my people. And I would also say that um, if the director grabbed the gun and yelled cold gun, his perception of the gun being cold means that it came from, well, there's a little bit more to dive in there. But if we are, if the stories that come out previously are to be believed, that means that the armorer had set out a bunch of guns that were also cold and intermixed with. Mm-hmm. Those guns was a gun that they had been using previously to shoot live rounds, doing target practice on the set, as previously discussed. And that would mean when there aren't supposed to be live rounds anywhere, on set. anywhere in a set ever at any time. So all even bullets, if they look real, should be fake. That's always the implication is that even if a gun and a, and a gun was loaded and it appeared loaded, there's no possibility that it could ever be for anything other than filming purposes. Would it look mm-hmm. even loaded? Mm hmm. So I say that um, ultimately um, Alec Baldwin is still responsible, or at least his production is, and he's responsible for the production. And then I would even say the assistant director here is not responsible because the assistant director was making an assumption that he grabbed a gun from yeah. uh, a, a, a collection of guns that were supposed to be cold, and the person that Alec Baldwin hired for the production was not capable of keeping those things straight. For whatever also, reason. Also, anybody who is handled like they like it's the armorer who should be handling the gun, right? Because they're the ones who should also be like opening it every time. Going, okay, yep, it's empty every time. Now, right? the, the like, assistant director is not responsible for that knowledge, but the armorer should have been around the guns to then restrict the assistant right. director from grabbing the gun, and therefore it also makes it her fault. But once again, it makes it the production's fault, not her fault. And I'll say this honestly, right? I do think it all kind of as as, as like the person on the set, like always 
the star really can stop production at any time. And he yes. really, even as an actor, an experienced actor, because yes. he's not some fucking, he's not just, this isn't like just some youngster with in his breakout role. This is an experienced yeah. actor should know the fucking rules and regulations. Like I'm not an actor. I don't have a SAG card. I've never been on a set. I've only ever been Hollywood adjacent because my friends might have been, my friends carry SAG cards. Right. Some of them do anyway, right? But even I know that they violated like the standard protocol of a set. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine being an experienced actor. Like, and like, no, I you should know better. Yeah. I knew that because I went to a semester of film classes at the local community college. Like that's how little exposure I needed, which means that everyone on that set knew those rules beforehand. That's right. And we're probably convinced to become comfortable with it, the rules being broken by having the little target range session at all. Um, which should never happen on a set. Ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever. Um, maybe they thought, because I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for a moment and just inside the, the armorer's head and why perhaps... If you're at like an old-timey, old west, Bonanza, the Bonanza Ranch, and you're like thinking, wow, some old cowboy films would be, were filmed here, wouldn't it be a blast to go out? No, I mean, you can't, you can't. Your job as an armorer is to know, wow, guns are fun to shoot sometimes, but we can't do that here, not right now. Like, No, instead what you do is you organize a field trip out to the fucking yes. shooting range that is actually only like 20 minutes away from Bonanza Creek Ranch. Yep. It's where I shoot kombucha bottles. <laughs> I've never fired a gun in the state of New Mexico. That would be fun. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna link you to the photos of me going shooting out at the fucking county dump where like the area, there's like a designated area. And like the worst thing you're gonna hit out there is a roaming cow, which of course you should still be careful about because yes. signs are posted that and cows are roaming. So yeah, we we're we uh, at our range here. You get in super big trouble if you shoot in anything that's alive, um, even if it's like a rabbit or something. And let's say it was on the range. It's strongly discouraged. Never done that myself. I'm not speaking from a personal story. Um, <laughs> I know, I, maybe I was making a rabbit season joke without realizing it then. Um, Sheriff's Office will continue to work with the District Attorney's Office in support of the review of the case. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. It's not moving forward in, in except for the... I mean, this this article doesn't give you any information about how they're proceeding, but it lets you know that the case is still alive and that um, it's not closed. However, even though Alec Baldwin and his people went out like three weeks ago or four weeks ago and put out a story that basically said, it's an open and shut case, no problem. The civil case is over. They received their money. And honestly, all that all that settlement opened up was more questions for me. I mean, there was, there was nothing closed with that. In fact, it made me suspicious of people very close to the deceased. It made mm -hmm. me very suspicious about what that yeah. meeting was before. That just to, to remind everyone at home, Alec Baldwin had a personal meeting with the deceased and her husband just the morning before. They had a meeting at uh, La Fonda. Mm-hmm. And then they had another meeting there just a day or two after um, at La Fonda in public. Mm -hmm. It's just very curious. I wonder what that meeting was about because I don't think um, once you've been under a production for a few, you've been in production for a few days and you've already met the cast and crew and you've already hired all these people. 
to then in the middle of production then have an extra breakfast meeting with both the this person you're going to kill and their spouse who is not involved in the production in any way. That was very interesting to me. Well, seems, like the, seems so, interesting like, I, mean, they, I think on the last show you and I talked about the 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 revelation that the production was going to continue. Yes. And that it was going to continue with um you know all of the folks basically involved but it yes. wasn't going to continue in New Mexico because I'm again they they're still dealing with this investigation. Oh, was that I didn't I didn't the see the, of the film office. I didn't know that the that the line was they're not finishing it here in New Mexico or there in New Mexico, should I say? Interesting. Fascinating. So, I mean, well, I all those I, people should never be allowed to work in Hollywood again, that's for sure. No, never. I mean, I I I, I can't even believe they're going to I think that was even what you and I said last week. I can't believe they're even going to finish it. The union should um, like take the cards away from anyone involved in that. Anyone who it, continues it, to work on that production. That's insane. It, it, yeah, no, it's crazy. I, I can't believe they're going to do that. Um, they, they need to just, I just move on. The, the same yeah, just make but, a different movie. Why is this movie so important? It's just, I don't know what that marketing is going to be like. Hey, everyone come see the movie where this person died. Like, I don't know. I, Mm. they'll probably mm. try to slip it out on a streaming service under the cover of darkness or they'll go mega big stupid crazy promotion about it and i don't know which one's worse um hmm. well i do know this i do have a list in front of me of uh some of the oldest things in the world oh right and uh, I have a list of uh, oldest athletes in professional sports. I have a list of oldest zoos. I think that's kind of fun. There's the oldest goldfish in the world. How about that? How about the seven oldest goldfish in the world? Yes, hit me with it. Number seven is Bob. Oh my God, hold on, hold on. Before mm -hmm. before you start, yes, I want to I want to I want to estimate a range. Yes, go ahead, please. Okay, we're starting with I'm, there's seven of them. So I'm gonna say. That the longest, the the like longest longest age is gonna be like thirty years, and that the shorter end of the longest is gonna be around twenty. Okay. Um, but that's a complete shot in the dark. I don't I don't know what's good. I feel like koi live a lot longer, so I feel like they might live around the same way. I know they can get big, but mm, anyway. Hmm. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, I'm just reading. Please, please go on. I am fucking on tenter hooks about this. this no is shit. Amazing. Number seven is Bob. Last known age twenty years old in 2017. Kathy, you're right on the money. I love this. Wow. I was trying to like wow. not say anything as you're saying that. Oh my god, that's that's incredibly I'm so, exciting. I'm so happy about I spit some raw <laughs> almond on my laptop. The courtesy of Kathy. Let me see. <laughs> Uh, let me put this down. Um, let's see. Has it passed three? No, it has passed three o'clock. All right. Okay. So, Bob the Goldfish experienced in his 15 minutes of fame. Oh, he experienced them in 2017. Let me move the microphone. When his family decided to spend $250 in an operation to save his life. Worth it. He's a member of the family for 20 years. Several international online news outlets reported the story and interviewed veterinarian Dr. Faye Bethel about the operation. 
She said that Bob's family had noticed that he was struggling to swim and developed a lump on his fin. The delicate 30-minute operation was successful, and Bob has fully recovered. Dr. Bethel said that his family was very pleased with the outcome as Bob is older than their children and considered a part of the family. Bob lives to this day, according to this article. But he's hit 20, and so, like, that's that's a milestone in and of itself. And that was in so. 2017. And my guess is that if he was dead, we'd probably know about it, because if they got all that fame uh, before, they're going to do it again. Sharky, number six. 24 years old in 2012. Okay. In Gateshead, United Kingdom, owner is Paul Palmer. The last time Paul Palmer was interviewed in 2012, he said that Sharky was 24 years old. Palmer said that he won the goldfish at a small local fair when he was four years old. He never thought that Sharky would live this long, especially because his sister's goldfish, which he won at the same fair, died a few days later. Sharky did have a near-death experience when Palmer's mother found him belly up in his bowl. They thought the fish was dead and flushed him down the toilet. However, Sharky was still alive and swam back up the pipe and was saved in time. I... It's from the Daily Mail. I'm going to doubt that that's real. We're going to move forward. I want to believe, I want to believe a sharky believe. really swam back. Uh, Splish, last known age, 36. Uh, he's, he died in 2013. So we have a confirmed 36-year-old goldfish here. I'm going to save his image for the cover photo. Thank you. Okay. Um, Splish lived in uh, Gloucestershire. UK. I'll have a UK, old UK goldfish here. Before he died in 2013, Splish was one half of the duo of goldfish owned by the Wright family called Splish and Splash. Like many of the fish on this list, Splish and Splash were unfair, <laughs> or funfair, excuse me, you don't encounter that word too often, funfair prizes won by Haley and Matthew Wright in 1977. After Haley and Matthew left their family home as adults, their parents Richard and Anne cared for Splish and Splash. They still take care of Splash, who outlived Splish. In an interview a few days before Splish's death, Mr. Wright said that Splish and Splash had lost their golden color and have gone gray like himself. Mr. Wright believes that Splash mourned for Splish when he was no longer around. Number four on the list, Splash. <laughs> I'm so glad that got you to laugh. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing makes me quite as happy as uh, when I do that, like, tone change and make you laugh. Last known, age, 38, <laughs> last known age, 38 years old, in 2015. Still alive, unknown. Uh, but that, you know the story. Splash is the surviving member of a pair of fish won by Haley and Matthew Wright at a fun fair in 1977. Fish owners say that he has never done anything particularly special to care for Splash. He swims around the tank all day, eats regular food, regular food, and feeds on the live plants in his tank. Maybe that's a secret. The Wrights have no idea why Splash has lived so long and mentioned that while their children left home long ago, Splash is still around and part of the family. Wow, 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 wow. Look at this next one. Fred and George, number three, tied. Fred, 42, and George, 44. Ah, still alive? No, they've passed away in 2017, 2019. However, let's leave their story. This is from uh, Worcester, uh, United Kingdom. I'm going to say the they reason... Have and they've also definitely exploded my top end, right? Because I was at 30. And here we are at, what, 43? Yeah. And we're not even... We're only at number three. Another goldfish in the UK gained media attention for being oldest current living goldfish. Keith and Mary Ailes stepped forward to claim their goldfish uh, 
Fred and George were older. They're usurpers to the crown. According to Keith, he won a pair of the fish at a fair in 1974 when he and Mary were only dating. Since then, the now married couple have kept the goldfish, who outlived two of their dogs. Keith and Mary said that they never thought that Fred and George would live past a few months, let alone over 40 years. I, I actually kept a turtle from around age 7 to like age 28, maybe. Or no. Let's say, let's say 7 to 24. Let's say that. Um, that was the longest lived non- I don't know, probably pet ever, honestly. In 2019, the Ailes report that Fred had died in 2017 at the age of 42. And then George finally passed two years later at the grand old age of 44. George is now the second oldest goldfish ever. However, last known age 43 is Tish. Passed away in 1999 on Hilda Island. Although there is a fish, or no, excuse me, her name is Hilda Hand. Excuse me. Although there is a fish older than Tish on this list, a year before his death, he was recognized at the Guild of uh, the Guinness World Records as the oldest living goldfish. In his later years, um, let's see, 1956, Mrs. Han's son, Peter, won Tish and another goldfish named Tosh at a fun fair. Tosh lived for 19 years until he died in 1975. Miss Han said that Tish was part of her family. She felt she could recognize her and knew when it was feeding time. She attributes Tish's long life to not being overfed and sometimes being put out in the garden to feel the sun. Hmm. Oh. Number one is Goldie. Goldie, 45 years old, died in 2005, Bradnich, Devon, United Kingdom. Uh, their owner were Tom and Pauline Evans. Goldie was 45 years old when he died in 2005, which makes him the oldest goldfish in the world. According to one of his owners, Pauline Evans, Goldie has been in her family since the 1960s. As an inspecific date, he was originally owned by her parents until they died in the late 1990s. While he was alive, Goldie garnered international media attention, and Evans' family donated any money earned by Goldie's appearance to charity. Kind. They asked that any checks be made out to the Vranch House School and Center, which is spelt V-R-A-N-C-H, which I guarantee will at some point be a flavor of ranch that Hidden Valley wants <laughs> out. Uh, VR Ranch, which helps children with physical disabilities. Beautiful. Although Goldie is widely believed to be the oldest goldfish that ever lived, he has not entered in the Guinness Book of World Records lack uh, due to a lack of documentary proof. Therefore, we must confirm that Goldie is not the oldest goldfish of all time. We know that Guinness is the only organization that keeps such records. Um, here's a list of uh, nine of Mark Wahlberg's siblings list, listed <laughs> oldest to youngest. We'll save that no, one for later. No, no. Um, uh, oh, wow. So wow. we've really covered a lot of ground today. Um, not that I'm trying to wrap it up because I'm looking at this. Oh, that's just oh, okay, that's the search from before. I know there's one more thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yes. I want to talk about. Well, I want to talk about Count Porcula. Count Porcula. Oh. I'm gonna delightful, I'm gonna delightful little pig. Count Porcula again. You can go and check out Count Porcula. Very cute little pig. Um, wonderful. I have a lot of respect for Count Porcula, although I suspect that at some point Count Porcula will be canceled for um, posting something on the timeline. <laughs> I almost said posting I feel like, hold I feel, it. I, I feel like... I feel like, you know, posting, you know, posting is for the big dogs. Like, if you can't run with the big dogs, you know, you got to stay on the porch. And I feel like Count Porcula, like, you could you could just be a pig. Yeah, you could just post pig. You, 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 that, that's it. 
Like, yeah. you know, pig yeah, post pig. <laughs> Send pig. Post hog. No, don't post hog count. Count hog, <laughs> count porcula. That would get you. Get no, you that'll fired. get you canceled. You have to start your OnlyFans, right? But that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Count porcula can, can be super popular on OnlyFans where he posts hog, right? But like a wholesome pig account where he's like, you know, it'll be that classic, hey, want to hear a dirty joke? A pig rolled in the mud, and like that's all it is. It's just a picture of him, like, like with like those little cucumbers yeah, cuc- over his eyes, <laughs> like in a mud bath, like yeah, totally. Like, and then like it'll say that, and then it'll say hashtag self care JK LOL uwu or something. And yeah. That's fine. Like it can do that, you know. Like count pork and clear to all like, charges. Could you like like I think it's really funny that like the problematic emu girl discourse continues until like day six or something like oh, the really? aliens like done or whatever but like no it's not obviously but like I just mean like you could just post about emus like you and could. you know like like it doesn't have to be like like Big Brother emu house like you could just. You know, having a great time with my emu, who's just off screen, laughing too. You know, like, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's why I come to a podcast, is to hear jokes like that. I just want, I just, I, what if I got an emu? I, I would have much respect for you. Actually, it's a, it's a thing down here. We do have emu farms here in Florida, because the climate's appropriate for them, I guess. Um, I've been to an emu farm. They brought us to one, um when i was in uh, school i don't know why or at least they were farming emus at the place they brought us to it could have been probably it was probably like the tiger king place or something but they had emus but i feel like you like like i feel like if you're gonna do that like you have to have like 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 a, i don't know like a yard a yard for them yes <laughs> right? did we uh did we state on the podcast that the charges have been dropped against jorts the cat because his oppressor um was a bad person perhaps oh i think we did i think we did mention that i don't know if there's been any jorts updates but woof it's been a wild ride on the fucking timeline (laughs) now like um that said again i'm never i'm never gonna not be posting and if it's not here it'll be somewhere else and i guess it'll be the new thing or the next thing but um yeah. As a reminder to anybody who's listening, my pinned tweet is my address book form. So just go fill it out <laughs> if you haven't already. Oh, I already read that one. I was going to bring up a baseball statistic we were having questions on. But Jorts the Cat, I'm putting away Jorts the Cat's tab. I'm telling you all the tabs I'm closing here. Let's see. I'm closing the tab on um, the Rust article. We just read that. I'm closing the tab on... Um... Nope. Here we go. Was this it? This is a, uh, we were talking to uh, one Brian. I'll, I'll leave his name off of here. We were talking to him. Uh, he lives in New York, New York City. And he went to a Santa Fe-themed restaurant in Brooklyn, which fucking uh, yes. blew my mind. And then uh, yes. mentioned that, oh, yeah, this isn't even the good one, as in there is another one, and it's better, which is like... <laughs> Is there really enough room in New York City for there to be, like, or just a restaurant for, like, every kind of cultural cuisine from anywhere? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the answer. I think so. Um, and, wow. uh, but, but I think, as always, right, th- this is about ingredient sourcing. Yes. And it's about how you prepare you, your green chili. 
like yes, look, it has to be perfect. I, I, I can order a case of fucking green chili and I can take it somewhere and I can put it in shit. But I again, I think I've told you about the time in L.A. that I had a fucking green chili omelet. And let me tell you. B O O H O O, right? Oh, like, wow, yeah. I was so sad. It was awful. And <laughs> I was like talking shit too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know what Christmas is here. This place sucks. Get me out of here. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, it's okay. Made this the first time I ever sat down at Pascal's and they're like, Christmas? And I'm like, I had this look on my face that everyone has when they go in there and they're a tourist. And uh, you just, you just don't, you have no idea, you literally have no idea what they just asked you. You're like, oh, oh God, is this like, are you, is this a language barrier issue? Like, what's happening? Is this, is this some kind of weird sacred, secret handshake? Yeah. Like, are they just really Catholic? Am I <laughs> I remember the first place I was ever where that was asked of me was like some, yeah, it was there. It was there. Or maybe... Yeah, anyway, that's the place you want to go if you're going to have... Well, no, I mean, go Plaza Cafe. I mean, as a reminder Plaza to Cafe. our listeners, the state question for New Mexico <laughs> is red or green. And you got to know. Um, you got to know the answer. Well, how I, about myself, this? I, I myself prefer one. I, I, I do prefer red to green. That's very controversial, I think, to some people. I think red is better than green, personally. I also think you have to commit. It takes quite a bit of time to make it, right? Don't you have to really stew it down and? Oh. I mean, I don't fucking make it. Like, I don't. I don't have that skill, yo. I have like, I have like tater tots in the oven skills. I have like, mm, no, I can't. I maybe can't we'll make. That. Maybe we'll make Chile when I come in town. Maybe they'll. Be I a, am incredibly good at placing an order. Wow. <laughs> I am so so kind to the person on the other end, where I'm like, oh, this is a real easy one. I'm just ordering for me. And sometimes I'm like, I'm about to hit you with six entrees and four drinks. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, like, say that if I wanted green chile, um, I would probably go for the one that comes in that package. Like, if I was just going to buy it at a store real quick, I'd go for that one that comes in, yeah, that package. And then if I was going to get red chile, not um, I don't even know if the same brand has it, but there's one that um, comes in, like, a jar. There's like a local company that makes it in a jar. Watch. <laughs> it's funny because I think it's this one, but this is what I prefer. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is how I prefer my green the chili. Green. I prefer my green chili in the jar. Okay. So. Yeah. And my red chili, I that's the one that I go to the like like the paisano's deli or whatever and i'm like give it to me in the little fucking to go plastic oh the powder the red powder container thing oh. well no not the powder but like what like they make it fresh or whatever and yeah. i'm like all right just hit me with it hell yeah i like that but usually i'm just like i'm at the restaurant and i'm just like yeah just and it's just Im- add it, to it it's important to know that like every restaurant if, if you're from the outside every restaurant basically in town or all over new mexico will incorporate green chili in the menu somehow even extending to and this is crazy and some people don't understand how extensive this is the the mcdonald's in our area carry green chili cheeseburgers and green chili um, breakfast burritos i mean you know they're still mcdonald's but they actually take the time to do that and the thing that's funny to me about that is when McDonald's started in Arizona, 
green chile cheeseburgers, and burritos were already on the menu. And so, they've actually just brought them back, which I think is pretty great. Um, they even, even the founder, I mean, you see, like, if you ever watch the Michael Keaton movie, right? If you look in the menu in the first McDonald's when they first go into it, it says green chili cheeseburgers, like, right? And they took the time to add that detail, so. I also just want to emphasize that that's, it's, like, one of the most magical things about mm-hmm. about here is that like every place has green chili yeah i feel like there isn't like sushi restaurants. i feel like the chinese food restaurant has it i they feel do. like they do they do because <laughs> it's like do. it's like green chili crab rangoons or whatever and it's yeah. like okay great hit me with them. the place like, the place on guadalupe their chopsticks which i used to love and go to all the time that place um, yep mm-hmm. that place has green chili stuff it's awesome um, it's fantastic yeah. it's wonderful Super nice people in there. They donate all their food at the end of the night. That's why I was a big fan of them. And they, yeah. you tip them at all. You're going to get tons of crab rangoons for free. Oh, my God. No, every there there isn't. Maybe, it's I mean, again, you're right. There isn't a single time that I've gone in there that they haven't been let. And have a couple of extra dumplings. Fuck it. Here, yeah, take them. I love it. I used to walk there all the time. Man. Oh, anyway. they're so nice. And if they're not nice to you, so like maybe that's the real tip, right? Like if they're not nice to you, you need you need to check yourself because they are literally the nicest people on earth. Absolutely. So I love them. That that's gonna be you know what? That's gonna be like I'm gonna go in there and just like observe people. <laughs> you could sit in the corner there. There's little tables in there, I guess. Yeah, there's little tables there. Um so do you wanna talk about Kanye or do you just wanna like push it until there's a bigger story next week we can talk about? Um, you know, I, I think the only thing that I'll that I'll say because it's the only thing I'm really thinking about right now is the um I saw some article or something earlier like kind of come across the timeline. It was something stupid. It was like variety or something or something kind of eh, um where it was like here's how Kanye lost his financial empire like look at how much money he's lost about this and i'm like that i don't think that's really the story no no also that was uh, all unearned income anyway he didn't actually make any of that money right yeah like like it said like just like the cancellation of the adidas thing cost him some such amount of net worth or whatever whatever because i don't know how that shit's calculated which tells me it's all fake right it means like no one's rich so it it is um, the truth but I think ultimately, right, like, it's still not the story. Like, the story still isn't, oh, look at how all these companies are cutting ties with him. The question is still, like, look at how nobody in his life is intervening in any, like, substantive form. Like, somebody drove him to Skechers headquarters, right? Yes. He was there people. He wasn't there by himself, I don't think, right? So there were there's a lot of people around him who are, like... Yeah, he would never go anywhere with least, them. In in the same folia do right? They're in the same delusion, I yeah. guess. Right? This is yes. their shared reality right now where all of this sounds like a great idea. Um either that or it's truly just exploitation of him, right? Like uh try, you know, trying to sell him parlor to milk him for all he's got. Like we're seeing him fucking get robbed and broad daylight i guess right we are i mean due to no one around him see this is this is the problem if you're a famous person and you don't have anyone in your corner who has your best interest in heart anymore because you've basically pushed them all out um then i mean he had someone in his corner two years ago i mean it's really kanye 
has been able to get exactly where he is due to like having no supervision around him or every time any, anyone around him probably made a comment count contrary to his views or beliefs he probably pushed them away um it's pretty clear if you've watched the documentary it's on netflix i highly recommend you go watch that one more time please go see that it's a three-part documentary and it's really about the guy who followed kanye around and it's why i think you should watch it because it's really about how he treats people which is to say very poorly even people who are the closest to him in the world and it helps him make everything that made him him the guy who directed his first music video was like one of his best friends growing up and he when they were teens still they knew each other and um he that guy cootie spent around the better part of two decades following him around and doing everything and putting up with all his bullshit and turning you know and eventually, you can tell, by the time that he edited the documentary together with all these years of footage, you can tell that, one, Kanye was no longer involved and didn't want to be involved, and that this guy had finally come to the realization that, oh, oh, this guy is, like, totally different than he is represented in the public, and then took probably a few years, I imagine, to edit that down. It is yeah. unbelievable. It's it, every, every little bit of Kanye you're seeing now is all, all, like, seen in that documentary. I would say ex- especially... The most recent footage that he uses in the documentary is from 2019 or something like that. Or during the pandemic, actually, even. He goes to visit him in some, I think it was Puerto Rico or something. He had, like, an estate that he went to visit him at. And the whole time he was there, he said that he invited Cootie there specifically to, like, catch up with old times and see how his life was now and apologize for, you know, being cut out of his life and stuff like that. But the whole time he's there, he's, like not really even talking to Cootie, he's talking to these other guys who are like investors in like his business. And they look like the kind of, you know, cigar smoking right wing types that you'd imagine that he's probably hanging around with these days. But they're basically like the whole time they're talking to him and he only gets to get a little bit of this on tape, but clearly more than we see it is. And he even says like, I don't know why Kanye is hanging around with these people. These are clearly not his people. They've like co-opted him somehow into their circle. Even at that point, I was like, well, Kanye's done forever because those people are never, yeah. never leaving his circle. Yeah. Even if they're not pictured yeah, on are, camera with him. Those are the people that he's probably surrounded by now. Exactly. Right? That's his entourage. Exactly. And it is, it tell, if you just remember, think of those people, whether you think of all the stuff going on now, it all makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. He's being like uh, run by someone else. Probably, I imagine, soon to be financed by someone else too, which is yeah. scary for his, well, he'll get his shit together eventually, but he'll have no credibility when he does. He's going to be Sharon Stone at the end of Casino. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one. I spent, last time I saw Casino, I was sitting in a, a college dorm. So I'm sorry, I forgot. Well, rewatch it. It's good. Also based on a true story, I guess, because all of that shit is. Is that a Henry Hill story? Is that also a no, Henry? No, that's a no, no, no. It's a it's some other guy. But um, isn't Henry Hill like the source of two different famous gangster movies? Though isn't he like he's Goodfellas, but he's also like a another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because he was. Uh, let me see. Because he was. He was. I mean, he was a real person. Yes. Until just recently, a few years ago, I think. Other media appearances. There's Goodfellas. Oh, um, 1990 film My Blue Heaven. Screenplay by Nora Ephron. Huh. Is that Zach Ephron's mom? Oh, I don't know. I've never thought of that. My Blue Heaven apparently is with Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, and Joan Cusack? 
crime comedy. <laughs> they made a lot of those in the 90s. Well, excuse the fuck out of me. It has been noted for its relationship to Goodfellas, which was released one month later. Both films are based of the based on the life of Henry Hill. Huh. Goodfellas was based on the book Wise Guy by Nicholas Pileggi, while the screenplay for My Blue Heaven was written by Pileggi's wife, Nora Ephron. I wonder if he's related to yes, Mitch Pileggi. I just said those words together in the sentence. I had no idea. Wow. Nora Ephron. Early life. Uh, I mean, how many Ephrons could there be? I've never heard of another her, one. Her parents, Phoebe and Henry Ephron, were both East Coast born and were noted playwrights and screenwriters. Oh, interesting. But doesn't say anything yeah. about offspring or... Okay. Hold on. No, I'm getting there. Hold on. There's, 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 there's quite a bit here in Ephron. Okay, personal life. We're going to have to dive deep into the Nicholas Sparks fandom wiki, find all the Zac Ephron... Um, Dirt. Efron was married three times, so who knows? Let's see. Hmm. First marriage to writer Jan Greenberg. I don't know who that is. Uh, second marriage to Carl Bernstein. Like of Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, the the Bernstein. The Bernstein. Okay, yes. that's crazy. <laughs> they had a son, Jacob. Huh. And then he changed his name to Max when Carl Bernstein cheated on her with their mutual friend. Oh my God. A married British journalist named Margaret J, who was also the daughter of a former British prime minister. Wow. <laughs> seems like everyone in power, <laughs> seems like everyone in power folks uh, knows everyone else in power or is married to them or was married to them at one time. Wow. Um, and then, oh, Bernstein. So then she made a movie based on that called Heartburn. And Bernstein threatened to sue, but never did. Then Efron was married for more than 20 years to Nicholas Pileggi until her death in 2012. It does not appear that they had any other children. Was, was, um, Nicholas Pileggi re related to Mitch Pileggi of X-Files, Skinner? I, I'm looking it up now. If we, if we complete this loop, I'll be so fucking happy. Oh my god, hold on. I have to finish the Efron thing. Okay. okay, okay. So then, um, for many years, Efron was one of the few people who knew the identity of Deep Throat. Oh! Because of her fucking marriage with Bernstein. That's incredible. Now, he eventually outed Efron himself, right? read Bernstein's notes, which referred to him as MF. And although Bernstein said it stood for my friend, Efron correctly guessed that it was Mark Felt. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Yes. Who did say that? He said, and even time. though she would tell people her theory, nobody ever believed her. And then, of course, it was. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, well, I can get us a little bit closer. There is a Deep Throat as a big character in uh, the first season of The X-Files. There you go. 
I'm always trying to loop it back into the X-Files. It appears he may be the only child. Nothing else is mentioned right. here. Okay. But maybe he's like a cousin or something. Yeah. We are humans want to see patterns and everything. So. Also, um, as it turns out, we just learned that Hollywood is a very small place. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Or uh, the political news world is tied into Hollywood as well. It appears that there is no relation between Mitch Pileggi and... Uh, I already forgot his name. Nick Pelegi, Nicholas Pelegi. So here we go, folks at home. This is our first reality, our first case closed reality issues uh, uh, investigation on air. We have decided that Nicholas Pelegi is not related to Mitch Pelegi. And now I'm gonna eat some However, coffee almonds. If there are any secret informers with secret information oh. who who have secret information about the actual relationship <laughs> between the two Pelegis. Please send it to our dead drop email address at... Oh, I actually have to make one eventually. We're going to call it the P-Files. <laughs> these are ridiculously good. Yeah, right? <laughs> For everyone at home, these are the T. Joe's Caramel Coffee Almonds. Believe me, you'll know if we're getting money from them eventually. Yeah, no, right? Our lives will change. I hope, I hope they all unionize. We'll, po all we'll post less. Yeah, how about that? Well, Brian. Well, Kathy. Happy um, Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. It's been a wonderful one. I somehow got myself almost all the way to 5 o'clock on this one, which is great. I mean, I pretty much was able to go to the dispensary and chat with nice. you. Nice. And that's all I've done today. So. And now, I have, fantastic. now I have a bunch of candy to eat. This is wonderful. This is awesome. Oh, I mean, so I, I had one very simple task, which it didn't even really happen. Like, oh, okay. So we're supposed to have this event tomorrow for work. Mm -hmm. And today what we did was go get all of the, like, tables and chairs. We we're going to load them up into, mm -hmm. like, the thing where we're going to go have our event. But okay. that's it. It was a, supposed to be a task that should have taken about an hour or whatever. But for a variety of Keystone Cops reasons, folks couldn't arrive at the time that we all agreed. Okay. And so me and a couple of the other folks who were like, oh, we're just waiting around to load shit because nothing fits in my car, really. Right. <laughs> like, I can fit like a table and a couple of chairs maybe in my car. I can't really fit much of anything. So I was like, well, of course, that's why we're loading up in this truck. So we're just like hanging out, shooting the shit and yeah. like, wow. Well, Eating Halloween candy in awesome. the office. Yes. Basically. Yes. See, we you, called it work because um, we did do a little bit, right? Did but you like, write some I hours mean, down? <laughs> I know. I, so I then, love like, that. by the time everyone arrived, I was like, I'm hungry. I've been waiting around. Hell yeah. So I was like, I've got some shit in my car. I'll just bring it tomorrow. So that's what I did today. I went to the dispensary, they had a sale. Uh, on cartridges actually mm. a sale so i was like yes so i usually only get one i got two everyone oh, watch yeah. out yeah, yeah. It, it is it is halloween weekend so it is i'm very excited about that to wear my roadrunner as i mentioned roadrunner and coyote we developed a lot of props you saw the fucking fly swatter yeah we made i made an anvil out of sponges it's pretty cool if i do say so myself <laughs> I think that um pictures to the timeline are forthcoming, so stay okay. tuned. Great, I do, I do look forward to that. I also look forward to planning out 
What will I dress up for Halloween next year? What will I do? What will I wear? Are you doing anything this year? No, I don't think so. Because we don't really have any um, friends around here who are in a position to like host a party or anything. I guess we could, but I don't know who would come. And then, like, right. as far as people in the neighborhood, we don't really have any. Um, we have, there's kid, there is, there are, there is one family with kids, so far as I know, about, um, the next street over and, like, a couple houses back, but I honestly don't know of any other kids who would be trick-or-treating, and I don't know if they would, because if I was their parents, I'd take them to give another them neighborhood sit. with a lot of kids. And also, given the situation, yeah. you can't really walk on the side of the street. There's still debris yeah. and stuff everywhere, so, um... Probably no Halloween. I will put candy in a in a um, a uh, Halloween bowl and place it outdoors, and then see what happens. But um, no, you know. So you know what? You just take it with you when you run errands, and then like everywhere you go, oh. just take this bowl. And then when you go to like the dispensary, be like, hey, you can take a fucking fuck yes. take a thing. I love be idea. the trick or treater you want to see in the world. You know. I love this idea. Yeah, no, because it's it's I'm hard. I, it sound, it's I mean, I yeah, like what you were saying. Like I mean, where I live here in these like little apartment thingies, like like I I don't think I'm gonna see kids coming by. Like in Santa Fe, like it doesn't happen that yeah. way. Everyone goes to like the mall. So like unless you're like delivering cheer, like I don't think it really happens. So yeah, we used to have it in my neighborhood when I was growing up. But there's a lot of kids here, and they all aged up, and their parents still own the homes, so nobody else has moved in. That's kind of the sitch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> No, or they sold to someone who's using it as a third or fourth home or something. That's really the other thing that I imagine. Um, well, anyway, enjoy all the candy. Thank you, Kathy. Happy Halloween. Yeah, uh, it's doing good down here in Florida. The temperature is somewhere in the 70s, which isn't too bad. And I think that, you know, um, it's been about a month. It's today. Today is the, today is the day. Today has been one month since the hurricane. Wow. And uh, so far as I can tell, driving down our main street when I was going to the dispensary. Still looks like uh, pretty much all of the debris that people set out to the street is kind of still hanging around. And I wish that they would just come mm. and pick it up because I know that actually the reason we're not even responsible for it. FEMA is actually the people that are supposed to come and do it. Um, they have a special claw truck that just claws all this random debris into a truck. And uh-huh. um, they're getting around, so I hear. But uh, as far as I can see with my eyes driving around myself, no one's getting around. <laughs> Uh, it's all still laying there and it looks like basically imagine driving past almost every other house and everything they own is just in their yard but like in one giant pile like it's not like you can put it out to the street it's like we have to now fill the entire yard with all our stuff and as you're driving by you see enough stuff over time that you're seeing like people's photo albums you're seeing like things that were they that mattered a lot to them and it's it's hard to see every time but i know that it's almost everyone in this town is experiencing at the same time so yeah wow yep climate change folks it's real let me tell you the 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 first person who's going to tell you it's real is me because i fucking live through it well i mean that's what i mean right like i i don't i don't like how we also talk about gentrification and displacement these days because i think we're really like it's not just like the cost of living or the class warfare it's now the fucking eco collapse right like yeah. now all kinds of people are are more and more impacted every time that this shit's happening right like like i, I it's just clearly unsustainable right <laughs> oh <sighs> but here we are enjoying some snacks and some laughs and trying to make the best of it and i think that um 
you know, yeah, redacted parody. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that's all we can do. All right, so how about this? I'm going to ask you what the music is, and that forces us to end the show. So oh, what yeah, okay. what do you want the intro music to be? Anything on theme? Um, I th- I think I, I think the I think the intro music should be the um, original unsolved mysteries theme. Have we used that yet? No, but I love that. That fits. And that was the show with uh, Riker, right? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. For the outro, I think it should be. Um, Maybe a Taylor Swift song. Okay, I'll pick that. I know she just put out something. Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. I, I just know that, like, you know, I, I, I think we're just, I don't, I don't really listen to her music, I guess, but, you know, I feel like. I feel like we should be as informed as we can about everything. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. means that we should look towards the things that are in our minds are darkness. If I don't know too much about Taylor Swift's catalog, then I should know a little bit more, at least, right? At least. She seems to be a very popular person, so why not have a little more familiarity and learn to have a conversation Apparently with a new breaking person? breaking records with her album, so there hey. must be something there, yeah. right? So let's go check that out. So maybe that's playing right now. Who knows? A Taylor Swift song, in fact, I'll say this, a Taylor Swift song is currently playing. Oh, you know what I did see go viral? Taylor Swift doing a version of Eminem's Lose Yourself, so you should do that. Oh, okay. Done. There we go. Done. It's playing right now, everyone. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, you know, uh, vomits on our sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, and I'm gonna go make a pot roast sandwich. So, I'm gonna Kathy, smell you later. Uh, I hope you had fun today. I hope that uh, I didn't go too crazy, and I hope everything uh, you have a good rest of your week. We're doing a fantastic job here. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. I'll smell you later. Mission Bye. accomplished. Bye. Bye, listeners. Bye. <laughs> Everybody's joking now.